0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is Tuesday, July the 26th, 2022. And that means we are just three more days away from a huge announcement on this program. Friday morning, 8 Mountain Time. Be here or... Be square. Somewhere else, because you can watch the show wherever you want. On your iPhone, on your iPad, on your... Well, nobody has an Android, but if you did, I mean, you could. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some other spin on the Utah Jazz Friday morning as well. Um, because nothing is happening except Shaq was right about Donovan Mitchell. We'll talk Utah jazz Donovan Mitchell coming up on the show as well. A big update on the PAC 12 TV negotiations. Wait until you hear what the estimated revenue per team in the PAC 12 is for their new TV deal. Oh, good. Big 12 or PAC 12 who survives? We'll talk about that in Chipotle's out here trying to kill people again. Yeah. Are you at least going to admit that I was correct about Chipotle? No. What? (laughs) No. Idiot. I would never do that. We have had on this program huge debates about Chipotle. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, huge debates. Right. And I have acquiesced about that. So we'll get into that in the non-sports part of the program. But... But I do want to start with Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz because I do think there is an interesting conversation around what Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz should be um, doing, could be doing, um, and and what, it, it, how would you? I don't even know how you best, yeah, how you best classify this because I think. It's one of these situations where the Utah Jazz have an asset in Donovan Mitchell. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But the question lingers and remains, what is Donovan Mitchell's value? What is Donovan Mitchell worth? And the baseline question, obviously being answered by the New York Knicks right now, is Donovan Mitchell worth six first-round picks? Well, I think you got to go back to the end of the season. And I think you have to think about how the season's ended the last two, three years. And you have to ask yourself how much responsibility is in the lap of Donovan Mitchell. So on that level, Jake, how much responsibility would you put on Donovan Mitchell for the failings of the Utah Jazz?
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that there's definitely, uh, he has a certain level of responsibility. How much of that is on him? I I mean, I'm going to say, yeah, a decent chunk of that is on him. I, I don't know. You know what percentage to put it at, or how to kind of quantify that. But you're Donovan Mitchell. You're you're the star of the Jazz. You you were uh, the face of the franchise, and still are. Obviously, he's still a Jazz man. hasn't been traded yet, but. But, yeah, I mean, I think that you have to put a good chunk of it, and I think that the Donovan haters or the people who aren't big fans of Donovan are going to say that that his defense is lacking and that really killed him in the playoffs and Don didn't make shots and he had a rough run. Like, yeah, I mean, you could say all that about Donovan Mitchell, but but what I'm going to sit here and say is that Donovan Mitchell is also the reason that you got to the playoffs. Donovan Mitchell is also the reason that you've been the team that you've been the last several years. So that's why I say I feel like for Donovan – it's just such a difficult place to be because you haven't done enough to really get to that that level where nobody doubts what you're able to do, but people believe that you have so much more to show. And so that's the tough part. So, you know, how how responsible is he? Yeah, I think he's got a big part in it. But at the same time, he's also responsible for the team you you were and all the success you had.
0: So that's why I think it's really difficult. But would you say he's worth six first-round picks? Before we answer that question, I want to play this video from Shaq at, at, after the Jazz got knocked out uh, of the playoffs by the Dallas Mavericks. Because obviously Shaquille O'Neal has been one of the noted Um, I don't know, critics of Donovan Mitchell, obviously they had that odd interaction on TNT uh, that one night, uh, what, a year ago now where Shaquille O'Neal said that Donovan Mitchell wasn't good enough to carry a team to a championship. But this bite from Shaq in particular uh, on TNT after the Jazz got knocked out, I think is a very, very salient point right now. Donovan Mitchell is a really good player. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. When you say not that good, it gives the assumption that he's not really good.
3: Okay. and, and then and He's top and, three no, no, no. in this position. But forget, listen, I, when I speak, I speak in our language. Want to be good or you want to be great? That's all. That's, that's the only question I ask these youngsters. You want to be good or you want to be great? Okay. Oh, I want to be great. You want to be the greatest or you want to be or great? Oh, I want to be great. You want to be the greatest ever or you want to be great? Like Chuck says, it's always the next level. He's really good, but it's time for him to go to that great level and then greater than everybody else, and then one of the greatest to play the game. Okay. This is motivation talk. This ain't hate talk. I got G19 classification. When I talk, I don't speak from me. He's really good. He's been in the league too damn long to be really good. It's time for him to take that next level, and I hope he's watching this. It's time for him to be great, and it's time for him to be greater than everybody else. It's time for him to be greater than KD and greater than Tatum and all that. He's really good. That ain't good enough.
0: I mean, that, to me, that is spot on. Yeah, That is exactly right. That's uh, Shaquille O'Neal on uh, Inside the NBA on TNT. And I, I guess that's the question here is how good is Donovan Mitchell? Because six first-round picks to me is – that's way too much for Don. And I look at the New York Knicks right now and I look at the hesitation. Um, you hear all these reports. Shams came out again this week and said that Washington and Sacramento and Atlanta and Miami – I can tell you talking to NBA sources yesterday, the New York Knicks are the one team that is really pursuing Donovan Mitchell consistently on a weekly, if not daily basis with the Utah Jazz. And some of that seems that fire to have burned out. And I think to Shaq's point there, I don't value Donovan Mitchell at the level of a Jason Tatum, at the level of a Donovan Mitchell. And I think as we've talked about on this show— Donovan Mitchell just hasn't been good enough. That's the biggest question for me. Mm -hmm. Has Donovan Mitchell been good enough? And I would tell you unequivocally, he has not. And I do believe, as I've said, I think pretty much every day in this offseason, I believe that Donovan Mitchell has the ceiling to be a top five player in this league. I think he could be the very best player of his generation. But he has to take action to make that happen. And I don't think that happens in New York. I think that happens in Utah before it would ever happen in New York. I think if Donovan Mitchell ever is to reach that top five mantle in the NBA, I think he's gonna have to do it in Utah because I don't think it ever happens in New York. I could see it happening somewhere else like Miami who's got a championship history in their organization. I could see that happening. But are you telling me if Donovan Mitchell goes to Atlanta, if he goes to Toronto, if he goes to Washington, certainly Sacramento, are you telling me he's going to be a top five player in the NBA at any point in his career? Because I'm here to tell you he's not. That's not going to happen. It can happen here in Utah, and I think it can happen in a very select few other places. I don't believe the New York Knicks are one of those. I just don't think you have the atmosphere. I don't think you have, what's the right way to say it, the infrastructure in place to develop quality guys and to develop the guys that the New York Knicks have invested money in, that's a high bar to meet. And I look at a guy like a Jalen Brunson, I think is a very good example of this. Jalen Brunson is far from a finished product, but now you've paid him like a guy that can carry a franchise. And I just don't know that that's the right thing to do there. And you've paid Mitchell Robinson and you're going to pay RJ Barrett and you're paying in this case, you would be paying Donovan Mitchell. None of those guys are cemented superstars in this league. So Jake, when we talk about, you know, Donovan's top side and you yeah. hear what Shaq says there, I don't think he's wrong at all.
2: No, I don't think Shaq is wrong. And, and I think that, it, it again, it, Donovan is in the in the window in his career where he has a lot of proving to do. And, and I think that dynamic of him having to, like, really prove just how damn good he is is what has a huge impact on the New York Knicks situation or, you know, any other trade scenario that would be at play because, you know, and, and this is what has made this offseason so fascinating. Like, if you look at the Kevin Durant situation... If you would have said to me on day one when Kevin had requested a trade, you know, hey, yeah, this is going to get done inside of a week. It's going to be a four-team deal, and it's going to be pretty straightforward from that standpoint. I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I would have said, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's Kevin Durant. You know what you're getting. He basically puts you in the NBA Finals every single year, and if it's not the NBA Finals, you know, it's definitely the conference finals in either conference, and you're a super relevant team. You know what you're getting in Kevin Durant. But I we can't say that in Donovan Mitchell because the defense has been suspect. The turnovers have been too much. You know, the shot-making hasn't quite been there when it needed to be there. And I think those things are what bring hesitancy around six first-round picks, around three players, you know. And, and, and I get, you know, like yesterday on the show, we had a debate about, you know, who's getting fleeced. Like, is if Leon Rose for the Knicks were to do this deal— is he getting fleeced? And I think definitively you have you would have to say yes if it's the six first-round picks and three, you know, two young guys in a veteran deal. That's not going to work for the Knicks. And so that's why I say for all you Utah Jazz fans out there wondering, all right, well, when's Don going to be traded or when's this going to happen? Well, it'll start to happen when Danny comes off of that price. And that's what we've been saying from day one of the Donovan Mitchell trade stuff. The price is the price. And if you're willing to meet it, great. The deal will be done. The, for Danny Ainge, the conversation is not about what Donovan is worth. The conversation is what is the asking price, and I think those are two very different things. And I think I think Donovan has work to do to legitimize that value.
0: Yeah, I I, I but I think Donovan Mitchell is a magnet for drama, mm-hmm. and I don't even know that that's his own fault. Like I I don't think Donovan Mitchell goes out of his way to be a drama queen. I I really don't. I think Donovan is just one of those guys that is magnetic on the floor. His game is something that I think a lot of people like and want, but that creates drama because again, you have a situation in a guy like Donovan Mitchell, that's linked to one of the most dramatic franchises in the NBA and the New York Knicks. And you have a guy that that is polarized and separated a fan base because you traded Rudy Gobert, which again, the perception was you traded Rudy Gobert to keep Donovan Mitchell which I think is pretty pretty close to reality, but I also think there's a lot of of people in in jazz fandom that don't like Donovan Mitchell. I think yes. there's a there's a lot of complexities around our community here in Salt Lake City. I think there's a lot of complexity around who Donovan Mitchell is as an activist and what his belief system is and what his political views are. and and just all of this stuff has created a certain aura of drama around Donovan Mitchell. And frankly, I don't know that it's warranted. Mm -hmm. I don't think that Donovan Mitchell has said or done anything to drive all the drama that surrounds him. And frankly, uh, if the Jazz do trade Donovan Mitchell, I don't think they're getting six first-round picks. Let's just be honest about it. But if the Jazz do trade Donovan Mitchell, I think you're looking at a situation where somebody's going to get a gem. And Because I think Donovan Mitchell is going to come out. I think he's going to average 30 points a game the first half of the year. I don't think there's any doubt he's going to be an all-star. I have no doubt about that. None whatsoever. No hesitation. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is going to be an all-star this season. Whether that's in a jazz uniform or a Nick uniform, Donovan Mitchell is going to be in the All-Star game. And I think when you look at what he is doing this offseason, it's no different than when he's done any other offseason. He is busting his ass. And that's exactly what you ask him to do. And and my feeling is, and I could be completely wrong about this, but my feeling is, is that Donovan Mitchell is ready to erupt. And I hope it's in a jazz uniform. Because, again, and I don't know how much more clearly or unequivocally I can state this. I've been told point blank multiple times, Donovan Mitchell has never asked for a trade. Yeah. He has never said, I don't want to be here. He has never hinted he doesn't want to be here. I don't believe any of the stories that he's leveraging CAA to make a trade happen. There is no evidence that that has ever happened. I mean, seriously, like there's nobody has ever said that Donovan Mitchell has, has orchestrated some large conspiracy operation to get himself out of of salt lake city
2: but isn't there value in him talking a little bit more through the offseason because that's one thing that just hasn't happened i don't know about that but like you know we talk about how donovan you know has kind of been a magnet for drama and like he like you know obviously the donovan mitchell rudy gobert thing was a whole saga if you will for this team part of me thinks like hey like why hasn't donovan said anything you know, like I respect the fact that he's not out in the media and he's not doing a lot. But even if all it takes is one 10 minute interview on FaceTime for him to just say, like, hey, I haven't asked for a trade. I love it here. I want to be here. Like, I'm super excited about the new uniforms and the direction of the organization. You know, can't wait to can't wait to suit it back up in, in the fall like that is literally all it would take to settle down all the drama, but, but that hasn't happened. And so I'm just curious if, if, if that's a strategy, like, is it a strategy for Donovan not to say much? Or, well, no, or what I, the I point think,
0: is? I think as a friend of mine, just texted me when Donovan talks, he loses money. Well, it's that's that, fair. It's that simple. When, when Donovan talks, he loses leverage right now. I I just don't what's the upside? What would you have him say? What would you
2: Well, I think there's always I I, I yeah, maybe there's not a huge upside per se, but I think like it, like in the Rudy thing, it, when when we were in the heart of, hey, there's there's locker room drama, you know, Donovan and Rudy don't like each other, there's division in the team. I would have loved for Don to have just come out and said, "Hey, yeah, every team goes through some stuff, mm-hmm. and we're
0: working through some things." Like, I think that's What he the, said on TNT? You know that hey we have we have great chemistry Mm. when they were 11 and four and they had won seven in a row he comes out on tnt i watched it last night and said we have great chemistry like uh, so then all of a sudden the whole rudy meltdown happens and people are like well you said you had great chemistry i just think donovan mitchell is well aware that he loses when he talks no matter what says the right thing now that's a loss says the wrong thing well that's a bigger loss like There's nothing right now. If you think about the situation that he's in, and if the Jazz are to trade Donovan Mitchell, if he comes out and says, I don't want to be traded, what happens? The Jazz lose currency. Well, I want to be traded. What happens? Well, the Jazz lose currency. If he says, I want to go to the Knicks, what happens? The Jazz lose currency. If he says, I don't want to go to the Knicks, well, now all of a sudden, he's a bad guy in his hometown. Like, there's no winning for Donovan Mitchell. He loses, every time he says something. So when he comes on a show like ours, we're gonna ask him pointed questions. And I will candidly tell you, I've asked Donovan Mitchell uh, over a dozen times to come on this show. His agent has not responded one single time. Yeah. I have I have DM Donovan on every platform. He has not responded one time. Donovan Mitchell does not wanna talk. He does not wanna do interviews. I have talked to just about every other Utah Jazz player or his agent. And trust me when I say, when they have something they want to talk about, they'll be here. Mm -hmm. Right? Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to talk because I think he's savvy enough to know that there's no upside to that. Yeah. There just isn't. And I think, frankly, I think he's probably doing the right thing because, again, Donovan Mitchell, no player is worth all this drama. Right. Kobe was not worth all that drama in LA. Shaq was not worth all that drama in LA. Right. You think right. about Kevin Durant. Is Kevin Durant worth all of this drama? Is Kyrie Irving, James Harden is are, are any of them worth all of this drama?
2: Yeah, I mean I, I I guess not. I mean I I think the only thing the only guy that I could definitively say has been worth it is LeBron cuz he won a championship with the Lakers, you know? but but at the same time like that's one that's one season. So, yeah, yeah. I mean there's pro- there's yeah. yeah, most guys are probably not worth all the drama. I just the, the thing I worry about for Donovan is just that, you know, when you don't say anything and you're going through an off season like this, you know, people are going to make assumptions or there's going to obviously there's going to be conversations had. And and I think that it's just it's just an interesting time in his career. I, again, I guess I just go back to this coming season is is paramount for him. This coming season is is crucial because if you can come out and you can have that that, you know, 30 point a night, you know, for the first 6-8 weeks, you know, you can be that dominant of a guy, that's going to do wonders for for your reputation and it's going to do wonders for whatever team you're on. And by the way, I'm just going to keep saying, I think there is a lot of value in keeping him because now now you get to see what Donovan Mitchell is like without a, 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 a seven-footer slowing down the pace of the offense, without a seven-footer eating a bunch of space, you know? What does that look like? Again, Donovan Mitchell in space, in favorable matchups. What does that look like? Well, I think that looks like 30 points a night. I think that looks like Don in the flow, Don feeling good, Don shot-making, Don putting other guys
0: in great positions. That's what I think it looks like. Well, and I I think I don't think you're wrong. I think there's, there is it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Yeah. I, I am really fascinated to see, because I think the Knicks need this trade. Let's, let's just be honest about it. I think the Knicks need this trade. The Knicks need overwhelming community support because I think as much as we talk about the Jazz needing wins this offseason, I think the Knicks, the NBA is better when the Knicks, the Lakers, the Celtics are good. Those nameplates. When the big markets are good, markets like San Antonio... Certainly Salt Lake City. Second tier markets that are smaller in population, um, that don't have the TV size of LA, Chicago, New York, Boston, Philly. Mm -hmm. Those big TV markets have to be relevant. The Knicks have been irrelevant for a decade. It has been a generation of basketball fans who don't know who Walt Clyde Frazier is, who don't know the Wes Unseld story, who don't know how good a shooter Allen Houston was, who don't know what a badass Larry Johnson was or Charles Oakley was, or that Patrick Ewing missed a finger roll instead of a dunk, like, they don't know that. They don't know the John Starks dunk. Like, the Knicks, when they're good, the NBA is better for it. I think the Knicks need this deal. I think the Knicks need a full building every night at the Garden. Yeah. I think the NBA needs the Knicks to make a deal. But here's the other question real quick before we get to your comments. Thank you so much to everybody that's here. You guys do a wild job supporting the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, One other thing that I think is is really interesting. When you talk about need and you talk about who needs to be good. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm curious what the NBA, how healthy is the NBA right now? Because you you have situations where there's a lot of negativity Mm -hmm. and you have situations where you have a lot of politics, you have, you know, Black Lives Matter, you have Brittany Griner, you have China, you have like all this stuff. And you're looking at all of these TV numbers and TV contracts and, the news cycle has not stopped around the NBA. Yeah. And I think I could make the argument that the NBA has never been more healthy or more popular than it is right now.
2: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And it's and it's so funny. Like today is today is the first day that all all players for NFL teams are showing up at camp, right? And that's not a big deal this year because the NBA has been dominating the headlines. And yes. I think that and I think that's what makes the NBA uh, or has put the NBA in a, in a healthier spot. And I think that, you know, the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving saga uh, through, through the thing that we're not allowed to talk about on YouTube, that's affected the entire globe. Like, I think that whole situation, you know, for better or for worse, has kind of powered what the league has gone through the last several years. I mean, I go all the way back to when, you know, the bubble existed. You know, right there, that was one of the most fascinating things we've ever seen. So coming out of that situation... To, to now, you know, Kevin and Kyrie teaming up in Brooklyn, having that flame out, like this whole saga, I think that's what's allowed the NBA to stay in rhythm and to stay relevant and to stay in front of the public eye. And, and, and yeah. you know, there's going to be eventually, one way or the other, there's going to be a week that happens where a bunch of stuff goes down. I don't know when that's going to be, frankly. I have no idea. But eventually, before the before tr- camp starts for, for NBA teams... There's going to be a week here where we get like 10, 12 trades that just blow up the whole league, and that's the beautiful part about it. We're sitting here, and the national media is sitting here talking about all this stuff in the league, and nothing's going on right now.
0: No. That's what the NBA wants. Yep, I agree. Uh, let's get your comments. Good morning. Greg Hawkins says, add a taping right now, but have a few moments. What's up, y'all? What's up, Greg? Sup, Hawk? sup dude greg hawkins in the philippines got our t-shirt an actual movie star let's go listens greg. to this show yeah and, and wears our casuals t-shirt you're you're a stud you are absolutely a stud uh jess harsh gives us a two dollar super sticker this morning two dollar tip thank you appreciate that eric and raleigh first one in this morning says good morning montes what's up teddy wayman how are you uh, Joe Oliver says, good morning, Monty. I'm a new uh, I'm new to basketball. Got okay. into it after the Raptors won it because Bigger here in Canada ended up cheering for the Jazz yeah. after they beat the Grizzlies. You have the best coverage. Appreciate that. Is this the Joe, really appreciate that. Uh, Jesse Harsh says, uh, morning, boys. If the Jazz trade Don, they would have acquired double-digit first-rounders this offseason. In your opinion, what's the potential of this Jazz team with all the draft capital? I, I mean, I think... You're, a much, you're in a position to rebuild much quicker. right? Um, but if you don't trade Donovan, I don't know that you're completely rebuilding. Because Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, and again, it's my opinion, Donovan Mitchell's that guy that can be an alpha male. I think Don's a guy that can carry a team. I don't know if the right pieces exist in either Salt Lake City or New York right now for them to win championships. In fact, I know they don't. But Donovan Mitchell can be a big part of that. So, I think the upside the is tremendous. Eric and Raleigh says, uh, Jesse, with Danny Ainge running the team, the potential is great. Totally agree with that. I think that. the
2: potential is, is the sky's the limit, if I'm being honest. Like, if you trade Donovan Mitchell and you have all this draft capital, that doesn't mean you're just going to go ham in the draft. I think what that looks like because of, you know, Danny Ainge, as Eric was just saying there, I think what that looks like is, is, is twofold. I mean, yeah, you may make moves in the draft, but I think he's going to leverage all that to rebuild a team that, that, that Will Hardy and and this coaching staff can really apply in the way they want to apply them. That was the biggest problem with the Quinn Snyder era. It was always, Hey, Quinn's got a system, but we don't have the players to run that system. That was always the problem. Yes. And I think that's what they're trying to change. And so again, I, I know this is repetitive, but they're not going to trade him unless someone comes with six picks and three players that, that has always been the consistent messaging that we've got um, you know, through our information, Because yeah, I
0: don't think they're trying to trade Donovan Mitchell necessarily. I yeah. don't think it's a hey, we got to unload this guy. I think the Knicks had a bounty of picks, and Danny Ainge was doing what every good GM should do. I, I again will say, as a source at the Utah Jazz, explained it to me. It'd be irresponsible not to have the conversation. Yeah, it'd be irresponsible not to make that trade if you're getting first six first-round picks and three young players it'd be irresponsible not to have make that trade. Yeah, It absolutely would, and I agree with that. So I don't see a situation where Don's a problem. I just think it, when you're going to get that kind of haul, why wouldn't you? Neville93, good morning, my friend. Good to see you. Um, let's see. Alex Chacon, good to see you, friend. He says, if we keep Don, how do you guys think we'll build around him? I think you got to find a dominant power forward. I, I think that's what Donovan Mitchell needs. My opinion is you need a guy... And and you have somebody currently in Boyan Bogdanovich. I think you need a better Boyan Bogdanovich. I think you need a guy who can shoot the three and get to the basket, who's also a pretty good perimeter defender. Mm. Those guys don't grow on trees. I, I would assume it's a guy like a Bradley Beal. You're going to need Jared Vanderbilt to turn into a stud. You're going to need to take the pieces you have and develop them, which is why David Fisdale is here. You're going to need to draft well with some of these pieces. The 2023 NBA draft is going to be, I think, uh, uh, the first round and halfway through the second round deep. So you have a lot of assets there. I think you have to go and find a a, a really good running mate for Donovan Mitchell. I don't think they have that. Mm-hmm. So what do you turn Boyan Bogdanovich into? What do you turn Jordan Clarkson in, in, in into – as far as the development piece, because I also think that's a huge part of this equation. I don't think Jordan Clarkson's at his level best yet. I don't think he's hit his ceiling. I think he's hit his ceiling based on what people have asked him to do. But my opinion is Jordan Clarkson has more to give. Yes. And I think you have to do everything that you can do to get the best out of him.
2: And that's potentially, you know, like what I'm most excited about, about this upcoming season, whether Don is here or not, or any like whatever happens with the roster, whatever happens, I'm really just excited about the concept of a new head coach with a new system that's going to be moving quickly. Um, that's going to be high tempo, high energy. Like you're 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 for so long last whatever it has been nine seasons. It's been a slower, methodical sort of offense, and I think that the league has moved on from that. The league is much more quick, quick, fast paced transition. You know, get up and down type league, and I think that's where. I think Donovan Mitchell specifically uh, thrives. I think he does really well in
0: transition play. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, I would agree with that. Thanks, Dennis uh, Levi, L-E-V-I-E. Dennis Levi for the three ninety nine tip. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Alex Ch- Chacon. I read that one already. Excuse me. Uh, Davey Hamadani says, I'm a New York Knicks fan and would love to have Mitchell on my team. But for that price, no matter how good he is, I am still Willing to walk away. You should Agreed. be. Agreed. You should be. And I think this is one of the things that I think if you're a Knicks fan that you should be really encouraged about is that you have a guy in Leon Rose who is a veteran operator in NBA circles. I mean, this is not a rookie. Obviously, he's never been an executive before, but very clearly, Leon Rose knows how to negotiate, and he knows the value of a player. And I think what you're seeing in in Leon Rose and the Knicks is that they're not willing to give up every draft pick they have, plus three young players, plus a veteran. To get Donovan Mitchell and pick swaps. Like that doesn't seem like that's advantageous for the Knicks. In yeah. fact, I, I think most NBA people I've talked to have said that would be a loss for the Knicks. So I think Leon Rose is absolutely, you know, working in the way that he should. And I think the interesting thing here is neither one of these teams needs to make that trade. Not in have to. I think if you're the Knicks, I think you really want to make that trade. I think if you're the Jazz and you can get six first-round picks, you really want to make that trade. But I think probably... In both situations, the Jazz and the Knicks, your best move is not to make a move. Right. If, if we're being totally honest and truth-telling on a Donovan Mitchell trade, their best move is likely not to make a move at all. And you look at what's going on with the Lakers and Russell Westbrook. That was a horrible decision. <laughs> that they're having trouble unwinding. I this look is a total at uh, yeah. I look at at Brooklyn. I look at their KD, Kyrie, Joe Harris situation, their Ben Simmons situation, the Ben Simmons trade. Let's truth-tell about the Ben Simmons trade. That has been an abject failure for the Brooklyn Nets. And it is likely why you have Kevin Durant asking for a trade because they were not able to achieve in the playoffs last year. And all of the drama and, frankly, the difficulty of being a Brooklyn Net in the last 12 months, a lot of that centered around what? Another bad decision to go and get James Harden, yeah. who did not work out at all, who you flipped, and now you've turned him into Ben Simmons. Well, I got news for you. The other problem with the James Harden deal is he's lost a ton of weight, and he looks like a dude that's ready to be a savage again. What are you best? And if he's that guy, Philly got the best of James Harden, and they got the best of that deal because it doesn't matter what Ben Simmons does this coming season. If James Harden is no longer a fetus and he's yeah. motivated and he's playing at the top of his game, what? the Philadelphia 76ers won that trade. Yes, they did. So when I when I look at the Knicks and I look at the, the Utah Jazz, the best trade here is probably not a trade for either one. That that is unfortunate because I do think the Knicks need to move on from this and the Jazz need to move on from this. Mm-hmm. And I think if if you are if you're a guy like Leon Rose. I would hope you don't take this lack of a deal personally because the Knicks and the Jazz should be two organizations that do business together. They have parts, they have pieces that would work well in the other's position. It's simply a matter of finding common ground. Yep. And I don't think they've been able to do that. One other thing, by the way, on this Sacramento thing, I got a ton of hits from Sacramento yesterday on Twitter and in the comments section here on YouTube asking about, you know, Hey, Hey, what is really going on with um, Sacramento and Donovan Mitchell? And um, I I don't think anything's going on with Sacramento and Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't. I don't think they have the pieces. I don't think that the Jazz are interested in Harrison Barnes at this point. No. And I don't think that they're going to trade Donovan Mitchell to the Sacramento Kings. Bro, if the asking I, I price don't. is
2: six picks and three players... The Kings are not in the conversation. The Raptors aren't in the conversation. Like, I just... I think this whole thing that Shams tweeted out, and and I mean no shade at this at all, but, like, I think that it was a lot of just, like, hey, yeah, teams have been calling. Like, more of the, hey, yeah, teams have called the Jazz. There have been conversations great neat like that's what we do in the nba we call people we talk about players that we may potentially be interested in to see what the asking price would be based on what we have to offer you know but that doesn't mean that the utah jazz and danny Ainge are out actively trying to trade donovan mitchell and i just i i just have real trouble with that concept of like yeah they're willing to ship him out to anybody i i I don't think that that's true i think that Danny Ainge has a very clear path, a very clear plan, very clear strategy around how he would want to handle Donovan Mitchell's, um, you know, trade. And I don't think that involves a bottom feeder in the Sacramento Kings. I I can kind of see the Knicks thing because the Knicks are an up-and-coming team right now with a lot of talent and a lot of opportunity. The Kings are not that, with all due respect.
0: It feels like a fit. That feels like a fit. Sacramento, I think and we reported this on the show um Washington that Shams also mentioned Washington was was in the Jazz we're talking two different times last trade deadline about a Rudy Gobert deal we told you on the show that you know hey they were working on a on a a deal of some sort um this offseason the Jazz had conversations with the the Washington Wizards about Kentavious Caldwell-Pope who you know KCP wound up in Denver that deal died like I think Shams is is talking about conversations that started and stopped in like a 15-minute window several, several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was ever a situation where the, the Kings and the Jazz were seriously engaged in conversations around Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I I have been told that that did not happen, that it never advanced, that the Knicks have, have really been the only team – that has really come to the table and said, what's it going to take to get this done? But
2: why is that? Because they have all the assets to potentially do a deal. They have enough assets to at least have a sincere and legitimate conversation about it. That's the difference.
0: Yeah, and I think these are very difficult conversations. I agree with... Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles uh, who says, I think the Sacramento Donovan trade rumor is a non-starter for Utah. I just agreed. If you'd asked me six months ago, yeah, I'd say the jazz were definitely interested in Harrison Barnes. There is no doubt about that. And had they known that Halliburton was available. Okay. Now we can have a conversation, not for Donovan Mitchell. Not, yeah. I mean, like it, it, I think a lot of this, and, and I think destroys, destroys ankles. That's your name. I mean, it it is what it is, bro. Um, I think you're exactly right on that. Um, So I would agree with you. NY Jazz Fan says, rising tides raise all ships. Utah Jazz need to rise the tide in their organization, culture, quality of life benefits, 100% necessary for all successful organizations. Yeah. You also don't have a TV deal. And, and this is one of the things that's so amazing to me. Yeah. Have we all forgotten that this team is not on TV and not on your cell phone? No, no, no. Have we all forgotten that? I can watch the Drew. I can watch Summer League. I can watch NBA TV right here on my phone. I can't watch jazz basketball on my phone. It's incredible. I can't. Yeah, it is incredible. And the thing that's amazing to me, as we sit here today, Ryan Smith is a tech billionaire who has not said word one about TV or, or streaming. Yeah. And I, I don't understand this. Like, I don't understand how you, as a Utah jazz owner, don't look it, when your edict has been and understand this. What is Ryan Smith said? We're the best of the best. Nothing short. We're going to, we're going to build a championship organization. That's only on the radio or that's only on ATT and sports net. Like, where is MSG? Where is the? Where is? Where is inside the Lakers? Where is the Chicago Bulls who have their own TV streaming thing? Where, where are any of these deals for the Utah Jazz? How are Jazz fans consuming content right now? Is there a camera following Danny Ainge around? Well, fuck, uh, there better no. be. There better be. Can you imagine inside the Utah Jazz where you have a camera? Just put a GoPro in the corner of Danny Ainge's office. Yeah. And shoot the guy talking on the phone. Yeah. Show me behind the scenes. Right? We talked about this. And Ryan Smith, again, we've asked for him to come on the show. They've said no repeatedly. I'd love to ask Ryan Smith about streaming, TV, multimedia stuff. Yeah. I would love to do that because nobody asked him about that. And it's amazing to me that here we are. We're in the last week of July, bro. Yeah. Are you really telling me before training camp you're announcing a new TV deal?
2: Like this summer's not young anymore. I hope people realize that like we're headed into August here, man. Like it's time to get moving. It's amazing.
0: It's amazing. It it really is. Steve Hambone. Good morning, Steve. Uh, How is our new coach doing? Have we all have we got all of our assistant coaches in place? A good bit of them. I think Jason Terry was a wonderful hire. Yeah, I think you're yeah. I think the staff is is coming together quite well. I really do. Uh, Steven Fox says Donovan Mitchell usage rate will impact R.J. Barrett's development. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. And this is why I said yesterday when we were talking about how Donovan fits into the Knicks. Jalen Brunson, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and Donovan Mitchell.
2: It's a good starting five, dude. Like, that's a talented starting
0: five. But how many of those guys thrive in that starting five? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I
2: think the guy that doesn't thrive – or not doesn't thrive, but the guy that would be most concerned in that situation would be RJ because I could see – easily I could see a setup where Jalen Brunson's bringing the ball up, he's playing your traditional point guard role on the starting five. Donovan's playing your your two-guard scoring guard role. RJ's at the three. And and I think mm-hmm. Julius and Mitchell Robinson are gonna be are gonna be setting a lot of screens and have a lot of movement. Like that's Julius Randall reason.
0: needs the basketball to be his best, to be any part of his best. And here's my point on that starting five: none of them will thrive. None of them. Mitchell Robinson isn't a, a volume player, but you look at Julius, RJ Barrett. I think RJ Barrett is the best point here from Stephen Fox. I mean, listen. RJ Barrett needs the ball to to grow, but so does Donovan Mitchell, and so does Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle, and I, I'm. But listen, if you make
2: the Donovan deal, aren't is it, it's time to stop talking about growing and talking about getting into the playoffs? That's what that's what the, it, it no, shifts, man. But no,
0: it that. But see, that's the problem. I don't think that's where the Knicks are. I don't think that's where the Knicks are. I think the Knicks are a developing organization. Doesn't
2: the Donovan deal instantly change that? Like, I agree, yes, they are a developing organization, but if you make a deal of that magnitude Mm -hmm. to get Donovan, you're not in development mode anymore. You have to go and push to get to, like, let's say, the Eastern Conference Finals as an example.
0: Here's another reason not to make that trade. Yeah. Not, I think that's the that, best point you You're not that made guy. Yet. Yeah. You're not yeah. that guy, pal. Like, you're not. Yeah. The New York Knicks are not an Eastern Conference contender. No, I because, guess not. Well, and listen, they're not nearly the best team in, in New York. I mean, the Brooklyn Nets are better today. Does KD stay there? Kyrie? Ben Simmons? I don't know. Today, the Brooklyn Nets are a better team than the New York Knicks. By Agreed. far. Not close. Yeah. And when you look at the Knicks, the Knicks are an organization right now today that have a bunch of dudes that are getting paid, and you've got R.J. Barrett, who's going to get paid, and none of them are, are are platinum. None of them. None of them are NBA superstars. Like, Donovan Mitchell is coming off one of the most turbulent seasons of his career. Yeah, This coming season is make or break for Donovan Mitchell's legacy, in my opinion his superstardom will be determined this season. If he comes out of the gate, as I believe that he will, and he averages 30 points a game, and he's a a clear-cut, no doubt about it, all-star, Donovan Mitchell is going to go on and I think win multiple championships. If he comes out of the gate, and he's a -a 24-point-a-night guy, and he's just an afterthought, and sometimes he scores 50, and sometimes he scores 13, Donovan Mitchell's never going to be a star in this league. If you ain't first, you're last. Here we are. Here we are. Don's going to be a great player on some nights. My feeling is Donovan Mitchell's coming for that ass. Donovan Mitchell is going to score 30 points a night, and I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be a clear-cut all-star, and he's going to take a step forward this season. And I I, think
2: he's going to do most of that through the mid-range. I think you'll see a lot of three, but I think a lot of that development is the mid-range. And I
0: don't think it'll be in a Knicks uniform. I I really don't, and I could be wrong about that. And Knicks fans, I know that we've had a lot on the show. I mean, if you're
2: a Knicks fan –
0: how bad do
2: you want Donovan Mitchell? Like, are you in a place where you're saying, "Hey, like, yeah, we need to make this deal. Like, uh, like, we gotta have him." Or are you more in a place where you're like, "If the asking price is at high, we're we're good. We'll we'll just kind of go on with what we have." Like, if I know we have Knicks fans here, like,
0: what where are you at on that? Yeah, uh, let's get some more of your comments in here. Kay Nuren says, "Danny is not making any trades that hurt the Jazz." Well, I mean, it depends on how you define hurt. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, if you trade Donovan Mitchell, I don't care what you're getting, you're hurting the Jazz. Cause you're not going to win as many games without him as you do with him. Mm-hmm. So, but does that mean that, well, you can put a bandaid over that wound because you got a bunch of draft picks and you're developing. Okay. I could have that argument, but I think it's awfully difficult to say that you didn't hurt the jazz. If you trade Donovan Mitchell, yeah. I think right now today, you're a better team um, trajectory wise than you were during the, at any point during this last season, moving Rudy's money off your books and, and getting all those draft picks and talent. Absolutely. I mean, now it broke the trade market. But who cares? You're in a better position to succeed for the next five years than you were before. You trade Donovan Mitchell, you're going to probably be three years away from being relevant. I will try to stay calm and not curse. It's the truth. Does that hurt the Jazz? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, New NY Jazz fan says I have to watch Jazz via League Pass. Then the Knicks, Nets, Celtics games all get blacked out as well as the NBA TV is is an extra s- subscription. It's ridiculous. I also have YouTube TV linked to Utah zip code. Still doesn't work for Utah Jazz games. It's brutal, bro. I can tell you right now, I am a a a League Pass subscriber. I watch the Jazz on League Pass. Yeah. I live in Daybreak. I don't have to watch the local broadcast because there is no local broadcast. It all comes out of what, Colorado, I guess? Like, I don't have to watch that. So I watch the the opposing team no matter what you think of the jazz and their broadcasters or whatnot, you know, um, I watch the opposing team, uh, black lives matter says RJ is better served as a role player anyway. Agreed. Agreed. Well, and I think we've had this debate and I know that, um, Nick fans don't agree with me on this, but I don't think RJ Barrett's a killer. I don't. Uh, I think that RJ Barrett is, I would, I would agree with that as a, as a role player. I think you're exactly right. Um, He says role plus type guy. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. (coughs) Hi. Hello. Good to see you. Welcome to the Monty Show. Jeremy Bolton. Jeremy. Jeremy, this is why. Uh, What are you talking about? I can watch the jazz if I buy a Super X Premium double star triple max X3 jazz package on DirecTV. (laughs) Is that like, can you check the spelling on that? Is that right on the DirecTV (laughs) website? maybe Dude, through their app like or...
2: and and this is and we're going to get it's so funny we're talking about tv and streaming with with the utah jazz cuz we're going we're about to have another conversation related to football with this and i think that that tv and streaming no matter who you are is about living on people's cell phones man like i don't know how long it's going to take for 99% of sports organizations to get this man if you're not easily accessible on someone's cell phone you're not going to make money. You're not going to thrive. You're not going to be a thing. But if you are, you're going to thrive. And that's why I say, you know, anybody who's having success is doing streaming and custom, you know, behind the scenes, can't get it anywhere else stuff as far as, you know, content creation is concerned. And that's why it is surprising to me that we haven't had a new streaming deal for the Jazz. That is really surprising.
0: Yeah, I I would certainly agree with that. And I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, I, I, I have to think it happens at some point. I mean, but, I, but that's what I'm struggling to spit out. Like, I don't think it happens at some point. You really like, don't I'm, think that they know they they don't do something. I am really surprised that it is July 26th and we don't have a jazz TV deal. Yeah. I kind of thought that would have been a priority I, I, for I, them. I'm just, you know, I'm really surprised. Yeah. Um, wow. How about this? Uh Oh, what do we got? What do we got? Um, this is, it, there is some belief that now the Toronto Raptors have emerged as a serious contender for Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how much I buy into that. Um, NBA, story, this is, and I want to be careful with this. A buddy of mine is texting me, mm-hmm. um, and essentially saying the Raptors are serious, are seriously trying to acquire Donovan Mitchell. Um, trade conversations around Rudy Gobert were very fruitful. A relationship with was built, and now the Jazz and the Raptor Raptors uh, are talking about Donovan Mitchell. You know, yeah.
2: So I think the price changes with the Raptors. If you know, and again, not to discredit you know your guy, but no, who the hell knows what's actually happening? I mean, again, I want I, I I'll be very blunt about it. I mean, I, I you know we had last week, you know. On on local radio we had someone say, Yeah, like, hey, like I have people telling me this deal's done and now the deal hasn't been done. And so that for me, I'm just I'm just sitting here saying, Hey, look, yeah, they did if you on our YouTube channel, if you go back to like December or January ish, we were telling you, yeah, the Raptors were very involved in Rudy Gobert conversations and there were a lot of, you know, conversations around, you know, Gary Trent Jr. and a couple other guys on that roster and so if I'm Danny Ainge I mean I have to have Scotty Barnes there's no doubt about that if if I'm doing a deal around Donovan Mitchell with the Raptors gotta have Scotty Barnes uh and I think then there's conversations but my thing is how much does the price change for the Raptors because you're not asking them for six first round picks certainly because uh, I don't think they have that I, I I'm pretty sure they don't have that in fact so it'll be interesting to see like I think that's more of like a head-up deal like hey I'm getting you know, we got to make the money work, obviously, but I want, you know, two, three players that are key contributors now if I'm giving you Donovan Mitchell.
0: Well, I also think, and again, if you're if you're just tuning in, um, you know, we're hearing the Raptors have expressed serious interest in Donovan Mitchell. They formed a relationship over Rudy Gobert talks, and Barnes is a hard no. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm um, sure he is. And, it, it, you know, just asking, um, you know, how serious that is and are they just talking um, but I, I think, you know, one of the things we've talked about so regularly here on the show is that, um, you know, the Jazz and the Raptors uh, have had a lot of conversations about trades. And, and I think we just go back to what we talked about at the trade deadline last year where people mocked us and said we were dumb and you're just those YouTube hacks. Mm-hmm. The Raptors and the Jazz were seriously engaged at the deadline on Rudy Gobert trade talks. Yeah, And I think that's when the bull, Bulls emerged. Um They weren't willing to throw in Pat Williams. And by the time the Bulls were willing to throw in Pat Williams, things had gone too far down the road with Minnesota. And then it turns out that Atlanta, Chicago, and Toronto all lost out on that. But what we talked about at that time is that you build relationships through these processes. And, you know, it's funny, I just said that a minute ago about the Knicks, but you have to think that the Knicks and the Jazz on some level have a relationship built here, yeah. now, for better or for worse, for yeah. good or bad. But now when you hear about the Toronto Raptors being interested in Donovan Mitchell, um, I think that that is you know, part and parcel to that process that happened at the trade deadline, where they no doubt had serious conversations about Rudy Gobert, and now you have a relationship that was built. Um, and Masai Ujiri, the general manager of the the Toronto Raptors, is a fabulous executive. And I think a guy like Danny Ainge and Ujiri are guys that will get along famously. Yeah. And so you have two pros that know how to build winning organizations. And I think it only makes sense that they have a relationship through those conversations. I don't think there's any doubt that if you look at Van Vliet, if you look at Pascal Siakam, and you look at Donovan Mitchell, I think in some form or fashion, that's a pretty good threesome that you could put on the floor in Toronto mm-hmm. and, and do quite well. Scotty Barnes is a hard no in Toronto. I think we talked about this through the Rudy Gobert conversations, Jake, that Toronto's not going to give up Scotty Barnes.
2: Yeah, and I think the difference with Toronto versus the Knicks, let's say, is that Toronto has guys that they can offer in a trade deal that allow you to speed up your timeline as far as winning is concerned, as far as the Utah Jazz are concerned. And I think that's the fascinating part of it. Like A Knicks deal is draft capital, younger guys you got to develop, a Raptors deal is is guys who have been playing in the league, guys who can come in and be contributors right away. Yes. Like, that speeds up your timeline, in my opinion. So, you know, to kind of paint this picture, let's say you did do a Raptors deal and you sent Donovan and you got Gary Trent Jr. and, and a couple other guys from that roster to come in. Okay, well, now I can go and trade Conley, Bogey, and and a lot of people think they're going to trade Beasley as well. And now I can really start to, to round out a starting five. And then I can get to work on my depth. So... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of credence to a Raptors deal. What value they can get back and what Danny wants, that's a different conversation.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Brett Robbins says, Devery Bucket O'House Davis. Yeah. Exactly right. Yes. Um. Yeah, good point. Uh. Don't forget, we're giving away a trip for two to see BYU in Las Vegas taking on Notre Dame uh, as part of the Shamrock Series. Uh, wow. We're giving you a trip for two. Um, with two tickets to the game, two nights in a hotel in Las Vegas and a $250 gas card to get you there. And all you have to do is subscribe to this here channel. Would really help if you give us a thumbs up. It helps the channel grow. Um, but please do subscribe. And it is all brought to you by our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666, 801-543-9666, Devery Davis, NMLS number 278-545, Academy Mortgage and Devery Davis are equal housing lenders. And I know we talk a lot of hoop on this show, um, but you got to talk about your life as well. And if you're looking to buy a house or if you're wondering, if you are sitting here watching this show today and you're asking yourself, can I afford to buy a house? Nah, I can't afford the down payment alone will kill me. Please, I'm begging you, call 801-543-9666. Talk to our guy, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. You can afford to get that house you've wanted. You can afford to get that house that you deserve because you've worked hard to build a life for you and your family. If you wanna buy a house, Devery Davis is gonna put you in the best position to do that. And I talk about it every day on this show, but when you walk into a house and you wanna make a contract offer, You got to be a cash buyer. No matter how much money you have in the bank, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage will make you a cash buyer. He's going to qualify you and give you a letter that says, we can execute on this house right now. That's what you need to win and compete in this real estate market. And nobody does it better than Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. Devery Davis Academy mortgage presents our BYU drive away to see BYU and Notre Dame at Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas, the shamrock series. It's going to be fantastic. It's October 8th. The trip is October 7th and 8th. You get two nights in a hotel, two tickets to the game and a $250 uh, gas card to get you there. And it's all presented by Devery Davis at Academy mortgage. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking Donovan Mitchell Um, And this comment by Shaq that, Hey, he's good. Not great. He needs to get better. Um, And these conversations around what Donovan Mitchell's real worth is. And, you know, it's interesting is, is we're having conversations around uh, whether or not, um, you know, other teams are interested. We're hearing this morning that the Raptors are very interested in, in having conversations around Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Nothing is close. Scotty Barnes is off limits in those conversations, but What happens here is I think you see momentum building. The Knicks clearly, as we reported last week, I think it's been proven right. The Knicks are very frustrated with Danny Ainge and the conversation and negotiations that are happening around Donovan Mitchell. I would be. And I think if you are the New York Knicks, this is the very last thing you want to hear. If you are serious about acquiring Donovan Mitchell, you don't want to hear that the Toronto Raptors are very interested in acquiring Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't I don't think you want to hear that. The good news is the Toronto Raptors don't have six picks and three young pieces of talent to give you mm-hmm. to make that deal happen. My point is, I think the question is, are the New York Knicks willing to give up what it's going to take to get Donovan to beat Toronto To getting donovan mitchell and is toronto only being mentioned because they're trying to move the knicks off a deal we'll find out i don't know it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out let's run through some of your comments uh because i see a lot of people here this morning thanks so much for being here every day that you guys support this show um it really makes a difference for us and again please give us a thumbs up it helps the show grow pudge in nyc says lol yeah right Spida is CAA. leon is his agent basically Then why hasn't a deal happened?
2: Yeah. If the CAA conspiracy stuff is true, you know, why, why didn't, why didn't he get the guy he wanted for head coach? Why hasn't a deal happened? Why? Like, like, that's why I say. Like, yes, he is represented by CAA. That doesn't mean that there's some back channel conspiracy theory happening. You know, like that's that. I just am not going to subscribe to
0: that idea. I totally agree with that. Uh, Yo soy Mr. Coach. Hello. Is that on your birth certificate? Uh it says, as a Knicks fan, I would say bye-bye 45. If we have to compete with Toronto, those two GMs could duke it out. I, I I totally agree with that. But Leon Rose is no rookie general manager. I mean, this is a guy that is a veteran operator in NBA circles. Mm. So, I, I mean, I that's why I don't discount what Pudge is saying. Leon Rose knows how to operate. But if Leon Rose has the balls that everybody says he has, he's put a price on it, and he's not going to exceed that price. Donovan Mitchell... Is at his best right now. Not worth six first-round picks. That's to me. That's the that's the conversation here. Pack thing up. We're out of here. The Jazz, according to sources close to the Utah Jazz, have asked for six first-round picks. Yeah. And if that's your asking price, if I'm Leon Rose, I'm saying no. Uh, for, no. Forget the talent. Forget you know the the Evan Fournier Cam Reddish conversation. Yeah. I'm not interested in giving up six of my eight first-round picks to get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That's a hard no. So I, I I just think that it's one of those things that you cannot you cannot do, Yeah. in my opinion. Gabe Ledley, what's up, my guy? He says, need a Monty show meet-up watch party in Las Vegas for people not going to the game? Absolutely, we should yeah. talk about that. No doubt we should talk about that. Brandon West, do you guys think Malik Beasley could elevate to another level, or has he pretty much demonstrated what his ceiling is? I think everybody's got another gear. It's really internal. You have to decide who you want to be as a player. And everybody should have the gear that Don's got, because Donovan Mitchell's an incredible hard worker. Is Malik Beasley that same guy? I don't know. We're about to find out. I think Malik Beasley
2: has a lot of proving to do. I think he's a motivated player right now. I'll say that. I think that his exit from Minnesota was needed. I think that he didn't represent himself the best there. He had some off the court stuff that kind of, you know, brought him down a bit, you know, not to say he's a horrible person or anything, but I just think that he needed a change of scenery. And so yeah, when you when you ask, hey, can he get to another level or can he elevate? Yeah, I think he can absolutely elevate. And I think that anytime you get to a new culture, a new system, you get to play in a new arena uh for home games, yeah. that helps. That helps a lot. So yeah, I do think that there's more upside for him.
0: Yeah, I, I and I think they're gonna trade Malik Beasley. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you had to hold my feet to the fire right now, I would be telling you I think a Malik Beasley trade happens. Um, I think a Pat Bev trade happens. And I think a lot of it will be determined by what happens with Donovan Mitchell. Because yeah. I also think I would not be in any rush to trade Donovan Mitchell. I, I I think if a Kevin Durant trade happens, you have a hell of a lot more value in Donovan Mitchell than you do before a Kevin Durant trade happens. So I would be in, I'd be in no hurry to trade him. Honest to goodness. I, I just think you, you, you should wait. Uh, Asgill says, Boyan isn't a salary dump. He's an asset, not a great one. But you can get a first rounder for him, I think. Man, I, I mean, all of perception is very much reality in this league.
2: Look no further than the Rudy Gobert
0: deal. Yeah. What is what is Boyan Bogdanovich's perceived value around the league? I don't know. I, is it a first round pick? I mean, if you're the Miami Heat, is he the cherry on top? If you are, you know, if you're if you're who's the best team in the East? If you're Philly, Boston. Um, if you're Boston, no, I don't think he's a cherry. Milwaukee. On top. I I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think that he's a. I don't think he's a cherry on top. I truly don't. Yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I
2: think that Boyan is somebody who who is 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 a, is an addition to a championship team. That's what I think he is. I think that Boyan was asked to do way too much here for the Utah Jazz. I we were at. Um, not this past season, but the season before, I think it was when he dropped fifty at the Viv against the Nuggets. That one game, we were at that game. And, and Boyan has good enough athleticism in certain situations to beat guys, but he's not somebody that you want to just feed the ball to all the time. I no, would. No, I would him agree with that. Yeah, in the corner, you know, like I'd want him basically playing like a PJ Tucker style of offense, where you're just standing in the corner. And then defensively, that's the problem. You got to get him in certain
0: matchups so he doesn't die on the defensive end. Uh. Davi Hamadani, I hope I got that right, uh, said the Jazz had the arguably the best power forward and point guard in, combo in NBA history. You think if their careers would be now, you think the Jazz would have had to trade Stockton in the mailman? I. No, because uh, I think those guys are generationally good talents. I mean, those are Jordan. Those are Kobe. Those are – I mean, John Stockton, in my opinion, is arguably the best point guard to ever play in the NBA. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chris Paul probably has a, a place in that argument. But yeah. I think you're talking about a guy in, in John Stockton that is an all-timer. You're talking about a guy in Carl Malone that's a legend. Um, I don't think you trade that kind of player. I mean, anybody can be traded. If I mean, Shaq got traded. Yeah. Who, are, who are we kidding? Yeah. That's the greatest center in the history of the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah. So I think you're looking at a guy in, in, in Stockton and Malone, either one of those guys that, yeah, absolutely, you could be traded. Um, Tom Basilis says, don't waste such a trip on a BYU fan. Come on now. Can't yeah, we all just get now. along? Can't we all just get along? Uh, Ryan Braithwaite says what kind of deal would be offered from the Raptors that's interesting I, I mean I, I think Siakam and, and Gary Trent Jr. have to be in that deal um, but does that really fit into a rebuild retool I mean if you trade Donovan Mitchell you're rebuilding Yeah. I mean I don't know I don't remember quite I, succinctly what I, Toronto is paying Siakam but it's not a little bit
2: yeah and that's my trouble with the Raptors situation you know I could kind of see a, a thing where you say all right You know, we're keeping Donovan Mitchell, but we're we're sending out a bunch of guys to go ahead and get two more key contributors. Okay, I could get down with that thought process, but trading Don to get, you know, Siakam and Gary Trent and a couple other guys. Siakam's
0: making thirty-five point five
2: million dollars. Yeah, I mean that's heavy, bro. And 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 I think that Siakam had one good year that got him that money, to be honest with you. And I don't think that he's been prolific since then. And and I again you want to talk about guys that have proven to do? I still think he has proving to do. You know, like, I think that's where he's at.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think they probably have it. I, I, I honestly don't. I, I don't think you're trading Donovan Mitchell to, to Toronto. I mean, if I look at what's really available on their cap, um, I'm not a buyer. I am not OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. without Scotty Barnes doesn't make me excited to make a Donovan deal with the Raptors. I mean, uh, Malachi Flynn, uh, you know, Birch. Like, I mean, it's just
2: okay. You see what I mean? Like, it's not like it's over the top. Like, yes, no, no. Not they've at all. got this guy who we could build around, let's say, or who, you know, like, there's not a difference maker. And that's why I say a deal with the Raptors. The reason the Rudy deal with the Raptors was such a nice fit is because at that time, Rudy had a lot of value in the league. Uh, and you could keep Donovan Mitchell, add... You know, OG Anobi and Gary Trent Jr. and now you're off and
0: running with a playoff team. That's why that fits so well. Yeah, and I and they don't have enough draft picks either to I I just don't see why you would do that deal if you're the And, and that's what I'm saying. Jazz. Like I mean, if you're
1: Danny
2: Ainge and you're looking at this, what are you asking for? Because it's not gonna be six first first-rounders. But, but you know I can what this you, that.
0: you know what this says to me? Again, I think the Jazz are, are involved in a three way deal. I, I think and you know, I've been talking about this for weeks off the show. Yeah. And, and I think you would back me up on this yeah. you and I have had this conversation. I think the Jazz best trade this offseason is is being the third team in a three-team deal.
2: Well, and we said before Rudy got dealt, we were kind of talking about on the show that that, that potentially was going to be a three-teamer because of Rudy's money. But again, th- see, this is what I mean. Danny Ainge has so many connections in the league, you know, that putting together three team deals, you know, getting getting executives involved, like whatever it takes to get it done, he will find a way. It's just a matter of what what's coming back based on his behavior and what's been reported and, and all the information that we get. The consistent theme has been essentially that Danny Ainge has his prices. Danny Ainge yes. has what he wants and, what, and the way the deal is going to go down. And if it doesn't go down that way, he's not going to be involved. That's the kind of operator that Danny Ainge is. So when I look at potential three-team situations or, or like other possibilities of moving Donovan Mitchell... I like the sound of a three-team deal. I like the sound of being a part of a four-team deal as far as KD is concerned. I think there are benefits there. I think there's a lot of opportunity. We're literally sitting here on the show this morning having a conversation about a Toronto Raptors team that doesn't have enough uh, assets to get the job done on their own. So what does that mean? Let's get other teams involved. Let's get Utah what they need to move Donovan Mitchell, and let's see about about benefiting these other teams.
0: Yeah, and again, I I think the most likely scenario for a because a, I do see a, a second significant trade coming. I mean, they they the Jazz are just too active to do nothing here. Yeah, I think I think August first, I think next week becomes a very important date. I mean, when you you go to training camp in late September, um, I think. I think the trade market has to loosen up in August. I mean, you just, at some point, you run to. out of time here, right? So I think you're in a situation where um, if you're if you're the Toronto Raptors, I think you see that your opportunities are very limited right now. And if you're the Utah Jazz, I think you see your opportunities are vast right now. Yeah. But you're not willing to give up Donovan, Donovan Mitchell for anything light. I mean, that's why you you hear all these rumors about the Utah Jazz and Russell Westbrook Um, The Jazz have no desire to have Russell Westbrook on their roster, as it's explained to me, but that does not mean that the Jazz would not trade for him and buy him out. Um, I think that there are teams in this league, including the Washington Wizards, who would like to have Russell Westbrook on their roster. And if, if if Boyan Bogdanovich has to wind up back with the L.A. Lakers, who I know would like to have Bogdanovich, I think they would like to have Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. Um, if those two guys wind up going out and, and the Jazz are a conduit to get Russell Westbrook to Washington, I could absolutely see that happening. I mean, the next time I hear that the Jazz would have interest in Kyle Kuzma will not be the first time. Yeah. So I, I, I know that the Jazz and the Wizards have had conversations in the past Uh, I know that the Jazz and the Raptors, I know that the Jazz and the Hawks, I know that the Jazz and the Mavericks. The Bulls. um, Certainly the Bulls and the Jazz have had many conversations. I mean, the Jazz have trades out there. It's simply a matter of which ones they like and which ones they're willing to execute on. And so when you hear these new rumors about the Toronto Raptors wanting to be involved in a Donovan Mitchell deal, that's not surprising. But here's the one problem that you come away with. If you trade Donovan Mitchell in a three-team trade, can you get what you need in return? And mm. I would tell you that's going to be very difficult. Yeah, you have to figure something out. I don't see you getting six first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell in a three-team deal. I don't see you you know, getting six first-round picks in a scenario where you're buying out a player at the value of a Russell Westbrook. I just don't see that b- making a lot of NBA sense. So yeah. I think it's very difficult to make trades in the NBA, especially when you're asking prices as high as it is. So when you say you know, what kind of deal could be offered by the Raptors? I, I don't know that the Raptors have a deal on their own. I really don't. Eric and Raleigh says Devry does the damn thing. Yes, he does.
2: Yes, he does. Whether you
0: live in Utah or you live somewhere else, he certainly can help you in any way, shape, or form. No matter where you live, Devery Davis can help you or put you in touch with somebody in your market that is a really good mortgage professional. Call Devery Davis today, 801-543-9666. NMLS number two seven eight five four five. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. If you're just tuning into the show, yes, we have a lot of news going on uh, in the NBA. Things are happening. Things are spinning. Yeah, you know, I'm Ken shocked. Williams says, "Why would you want to lose a draft pick? It is not a guarantee." What do you mean lose a draft pick? Help me understand that. Uh, oh, uh, double zero. Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles. <laughs> We need to start shopping out Conley and maybe Bogey and just get that done. Yeah, that's already happening. I, that's I think, been happening. Yeah, that's happening. I think this is absolutely one of those trades that will happen once, once the Kevin Durant Kyrie situation is understood. I, I a think more. what's
2: happening right now is obviously, you know, it goes without saying that they're working on a Don deal. But I think the on on the peripheral, like on the fringe, they have deals in place. I, I would guess for guys like. Conley or Bogey, like they have had conversations, you know, deals in place where it's like, hey, like, all right, when the time comes, you know, if we call you and and this is the deal, would you do that deal? Well, yeah, I would do that deal. Like, I think they have had some of those conversations because it just makes sense. Think about it: the whole league is waiting for Kevin Durant, the whole league is waiting for Donovan Mitchell. So while you're sitting here spinning, waiting, if you're Danny Ainge, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to get my ducks in a row and everything else. I know I want to move my Conley. I know I want to move Boyan Bogdanovich. I know I want to move Malik Beasley. Let's get all those in a row. That way, when dominoes start falling, we can move quickly and get ahead of this thing. I just that's to me that's the level with which Danny Ainge works at, and that's why you got to love him.
0: Yeah, I think that you have to find a way to make you have to find a way to make deals to make this roster better. I mean, yeah, I, that that's what I'm saying. Uh, Askell says can't trade Boyan until we trade Don. If we don't trade Don, we need to field a team still. Well, but I mean you're gonna. You're going to do that. Yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich, especially with Jared Vanderbilt here, Boyan Bogdanovich becomes expendable.
2: But at the same time, I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, you know, you'd like to still be, because again, speaking of things that Ryan Smith talks about, the, the, the goal has been to win championships and win now like that's been their stated goal so so that's why i say like we had i think two weeks ago we did the retool versus rebuild thing and obviously if you trade don yeah it's a rebuild but i don't think it's a five-year thing i think it's a a two-year thing Honestly, and that's why I I understand where you're coming from with that comment.
0: Yep, a couple more. Uh, Ryan Scandura says because getting a top five pick has a higher success rate than being in NBA purgatory, winning thirty games. Well, well, that's a- yeah, ain't no doubt about yeah. that. He also says, do you think the Jazz want to do the Don deal before KD gets traded? No, I think if they had their ways, Kevin Durant would get traded, and then they would drive up Don's value.
2: Or what happens if it comes out that K- uh, KD, Kyrie, and Ben are going to play
0: together this year? Because I still think now, that's
2: a possibility. Like I still think that's on the table.
0: Yeah. Casey Finlinson, good morning to you, friend. He says, or guys, or the Jazz keep Don on the books and build around him. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely a possibility. Brett Robbins, the only team I want to trade Don to is the Magic. Give me Bamba, Isaac, Suggs, Wagner, and four picks. Jeez, what a haul. I, 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 I can't disagree. Shout them Mo Bamba. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Ruiz says, three-way deal with the Lakers and Knicks. I mean, I've I've heard that exact scenario. I mean, the, the question is... Who's willing to buy out Russell Westbrook? Yeah, and what do the L.A. Lakers get in return? Because I, obviously, I don't think it's rocket science. You don't need sources to tell you that Jazz would would like to add to their roster, or that the Lakers would like to dump Russell Westbrook. Yeah, the Knicks are going to add talent. I mean, none of these three teams that we're talking about are finished products by far. So my question is. What value do the Lakers have? I don't think much. The, the Lakers need help. Yes. They can't do it on their own. They're, they're leveraged. They're strapped. So that's why a lot of people have wondered, well, hey, are they going to trade in Anthony Davis? Are they? That's why they, I think they're so willing to give up a Talon Horton Tucker because I think they understand that they need help. Yes. And frankly, they don't have the goods to make a deal happen. Yeah. I mean, the only thing they have is is future draft picks that are significantly down the road. After the so, street close, Davis. Yeah, I I think it, it makes things it makes things difficult. Ken Williams. I think the Jazz don't want to trade Don. That's why the asking price is so high. I just don't think tanking is good. Tickets are expensive. As Jazz, are Jazz fans willing to pay that much night after night, not for a crappy team? You're not.
2: I agree completely. You
0: know, like I I think again. I will just go back to what we have have reported for months. The Jazz are not. Openly shopping Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. If you are going to come to the Jazz and you have six future picks, three pieces of talent, and a vet, you can have Donovan Mitchell. Oh, you only want to offer me four? Well, then there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Because Donovan Mitchell, frankly, as a player now, has more value to you than those four picks. That's every day. I mean, it really is that simple. What's yeah. What's the tipping point here? At what point you know, do you... Do you say okay? That's what I need to trade. non? is it four picks and three players? Is Donovan Mitchell and and I I again? I'm a Donovan Mitchell guy. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell isn't worth four picks, three players, and a vet. It's just not worth it. That's I, I, well, fuck, man. That's seven assets. Yeah, are are you telling me that Donovan Mitchell is is worth? Six first-round picks? No, I'm telling you he's not.
2: Yeah, and I don't know that there are, there is a guy that is, even Kevin Durant. I mean. No,
0: you're worth what somebody's willing to pay for you. Yeah. Whether it's your house or a basketball player, you're worth what somebody's willing to pay. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is not worth four first-round picks. and That's not what we're about. And three players. Yeah. And seven total assets and pick swaps. The answer is no. He's not. I don't care if you're the Knicks, the Lakers, your mom. Zach Wilson's mom's best friend.
2: Right, right.
0: He ain't worth seven assets. No, no, no. Is he worth 10? Hell no, he's not. <laughs> but how thirsty are the Knicks? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, that's the question you got to ask yourself. Because I'm I'm telling you, he just isn't. Um, again, I see people saying, weren't well, you reading my comments? Well, we're trying. Man, we have over 400 comments today. So I I appreciate yeah. that. It doesn't make sense for the Jazz to trade Mitchell. Gondu like guys like him. Guys like, f- him is that guy? guys like him are rare. They are.
2: They are very rare.
0: I agree. Uh, Jordan Clarkson destroys people. Says I disagree about a top five pick being a winning strategy. Any pick is a gamble. That's just not the way the NBA works. Like in this coming draft, if you're in the top fifteen. You're in the lottery. I mean, there's so much talent in 2023, yeah.
2: and I think you can. You can. Teams are I, getting really good at projecting players as well. I mean, I, I I disagree that it's a gamble. I think when you're in the second and
0: the third round, yeah, you're gambling. Yeah. Um, JC destroys people's lives. Says Vanderbilt makes Bogey expendable. Here he does. Agreed. K. Nuren says uh, I would take seven, eight picks only. Wow. Well. Congratulations, Donovan Mitchell's a Utah Jazz man for life. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Kani Johnson, what's up, KJ? We got lucky with the Gobert trade. Don't want to go for that much, that throwing your whole franchise at him. You can't. You can't. Top Junkie, good morning to you. Is a tomato worth $7? No, but that's what the market dictates. Donovan Mitchell will be worth six picks and two players. Well, I'll finish that for you. If the Knicks are willing to pay that. That's pretty much self-explanatory. Right. Uh, Arel on Israel says most Knicks fans want Leon to walk. Is that right? Knicks fans. I, and I that's know we my have a question, I know we have a lot of Knicks fans that have been watching this yeah. show lately. Like shout at us. Tell yeah. us. What's hey, the where deal? Are you
2: like, are, do you guys want Donovan Mitchell? Like, you know, do you really want him or are you willing to walk away from that steep price? Cause I, have to, I agree. It's a really steep price and I think there's a strong case that it's not worth
0: it. Yeah, I agree. I I I totally agree. Uh Jeremy Bolton says, is Ben Ch- Chilwell available for a Donnie trade? Man, I hope um, so. Donovan Mitchell's a better football player than Ben Chilwell. Good to see you. Know. Okay. <laughs> Daniel Westover says Frank Nilakino was a gamble. Well agreed. Frank Nilakino was a gamble. Uh, Lou Memorabilia says Lakers get Cam Reddish, Fournier Randall. Jazz get four Knicks picks, two Lakers pitch, T H T I Q Grimes. Knicks get Spider. And Bogdanovich, this works on Fanspo trade machine.
2: And that's what I mean. Like, I I, I don't think we should, and I appreciate you putting that in there. I I don't think that we should get into, like, hypothetical, you know, 18-team deals, right? Like, I think what we should be saying just simply is that the more teams you have involved, the more options you have. And that's why I think, potentially, that's why
0: this could be taking some time. Yeah, Let's see, uh, talk, whoa, hey, no, talking with Raphael podcast. I want to see Conley and Boy on trade value. Yeah, I think a lot of people do, Raphael. I think you're exactly right. Uh, Ryan Scandura says, if Leon doesn't get Mitchell, I want Leon gone. Well, there's uh. that. TJ McVeigh says, I love Conley, but the Jazz need to move on and get something for him. Uh, Hamandani, Davi Hamandani says, you know my stance on the trade. I'm willing to walk, as you should. Davi, I think you're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, dude. Is it Davi or Davy? my bad. Uh, Asgill says, if they give us their own unprotected, then we are talking about value, for sure. Uh, Pat Stocks says, Nick's fan here, at Angel's price, we want Leon to walk. Want to negotiate? Sure, let's talk. Anybody else want to negotiate? Yeah, and I
2: think that's how you have to be, man. That's <laughs> how you have to be, bro. Name, like, that,
0: name that tune. Anybody else want to negotiate?
2: Come on, guys, come through. Come on.
0: Come on. Come on. Come on. What movie Kobe is that from? Queen, Metallica, Metallica. Exactly right. Thank you, bud. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, B says, not true Nick fans want Don, but most want him just for the picks. Adding players is too much. Yeah. Could be. Top Junkie says, new to the channel, but I'm loving this show. Keep up the great work, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate Make that. sure you give us a thumbs up. Uh, really appreciate you being here. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, what is it going to take to get Caruso? He's the foundation to tanking. Well, it's funny you bring up tanking.
1: Empty. Empty.
2: The opposite of fool.
0: Oh. I don't see the Utah <laughs> Jazz tanking. I really don't. I they're not tanking. Wow, well, they're trying to get a VW. That's just not
2: It's not the culture, man.
0: Everybody wants to ride to the game in a Vanagon. It's a VW. Not, Come on, t- guy. They're not they're not tanking. They're not doing that. They're not trying to get the number one pick. My wife is glaring at me. VW is the nickname of the number one over. It's basketball. It's fine. Um, um anyway, my point is uh I don't think the Utah Jazz are tanking. I really don't. Jeremy, do not slander my boy Alex Caruso. Dangerous misinformation. He is somewhere walking around with a bunch of weed on him and getting ready to play defense. Uh, Ethan Waugh says, are you still doing Jeep stuff? Yes, we are. Update the Jeep, bro. It'd be nice to get a track bar for the front end so that we could have it installed.
2: All I'm going to say is be here for the show Friday. Just be here for the show Friday, Yeah, be here for the show Friday, 8 Mountain Time.
0: Huge announcement on the show. Huge announcement. Be here uh pat stock says leon is more than willing to do a fair trade but Ange is known to be ridiculous yes he i is. agree brett robbins just say what teams want jazz want three young and six picks they might go down but the jazz don't have to trade if no one wants to to do that deal that's right and that's what that's i think right. it has to be and that's what i've been saying like for the last week like
2: you know the price if you're the knicks don't beat your head against a wall when you don't want to meet that price. And it's not a slander against the Knicks. I think if I don't know that I would be comfortable with that asking price. If I'm the Knicks, it's four picks and, and the players mentioned. That's what I'm good with. I'm not giving you six picks and the players no. mentioned.
0: That's not happening. Not a chance in the entire universe. Yeah. Am I paying that price? Yeah. All right. A couple more because then we got to get to the Pac-12, Big 12. Uh, Ryan Scandura says Lonzo and Murray. OK, uh, he whoa, New York Jazz fan says all other GMs want to do when Danny calls is talk about a potential DM trade. But what is he? Was he really calling about is moving Conley boy on? Mm-hmm. It's like calling a girl to speak with her friend, not with her. Well, I mean, who doesn't <laughs> You know, want to tap your sister? You know, like it, it is what it is.
2: We don't know anybody who's been doing that recently, do we? No.
0: no, 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 no. Zach doesn't want to be friends with his mom, but his mom's friends. They're all Jets fans. They want Those to are idiots fly with him. Uh, Kenai Johnson says, with the draft capital and the money we saved from Gobert, Danny can build a championship team within three years. I agree. I totally agree. Completely agree. I agree. Uh, Wow. You guys are amazing with the comments today. Ken Williams says, great job, guys. I watch every day. Appreciate you, Ken. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Tony Twist says, I'm okay walking, but I wouldn't blame Leon Rose. Yeah, no doubt. Brett Robbins says, pack eight news, baby. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Giggity. Good morning to you, buddy. Says, will the Jazz continue trade talks throughout the season, or will they calm it down at a certain date? Well, I think if you don't trade him by training camp, you're not trading. And him. I don't
2: think that if you talk about trading Donovan Mitchell the whole year, that puts Will Hardy in a real good position to be successful. No, I and I agree. and I don't think that the the organization is in a position to 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 absorb you know trade talks constantly. I just don't think that that's a realistic uh, no.
0: reality. No, I would agree with that. By the way, did you? <laughs> What was Mikhail Bridges Giggity's in Phoenix, by the way? What was Mikhail yeah, Bridges Mikhail doing Br- in Dude, the club so the other Mi- night? No,
2: so Mikhail Bridges, he he was in a bar with a bunch of Suns fans, and they were having a great t- Mikhail Bridges. There's a video on Twitter of Mikhail Bridges on a table like sort of dancing with suns fans it was amazing yeah he was buying all of their liquor yeah dude like he was he was was pumping that and it wasn't like a nightclub it was it was like a more of a bar scene
0: it felt like a bar it didn't feel like you know now i will say trinity with dj blow me i will say what it was buddy's
2: probably gonna need to get tested after all the people that were in that bar but he was having a good time
0: hey hey
2: i know i know
0: max it's monkeypox. i know that's pretty much Um, self explanatory (laughs) I know. I know. Yeah. I know. uh, Talking with Raphael podcast says, what do you think Dwayne Wade's input is on this trade TV deal and other parts of the jazz organization? I don't know. There's been a lot of questions about that too. I think Dwayne Wade, he's a minority owner. I mean, he's a guy that has a very small stake in the team, Mm -hmm. but I think they were, they lean on him more in free agency and advising, advising them, consulting them. He's
2: definitely in the circle. I think, I, I
0: think he is, but I, I don't think he has a day-to-day impact on Danny Ainge. And I think Danny Ainge has free reign to do whatever he wants with the team. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. So, yeah. I just don't. Uh, if the Jazz bench Mitchell, will he trade request? Why would the Jazz bench Mitchell? Yeah, why would... They're I are not doing I, that. Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, I don't think this is a John Wall thing. Uh, Giggity says, LOL, not a club. He was at the Vine in... Tem- oh, it was the Vine. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the, the Vine's great. The Vine is great. Uh, question for everyone posting: You are Leon Rose. What's the most you're willing to give up? Keep it simple. Four four picks.
2: Yeah, four picks. Two young guys. I would bet. give
0: up Grimes and four picks. That's the trade I'm making. That's it. And uh, obviously, you're going to put in Evan Fournier to make the money work. But the core of that trade is four first round picks, no pick swaps, four first round picks, and Grimes. That's and what I'm willing.
2: I'm willing to give up Toppin too.
0: I mean, I have, I have been trying, I, I have been trying to get my opinion right on Obi Toppin. Mm-hmm. The more you watch the last month of his, dude, season, he was crazy. Well, and, and I just, and, and damn you, Tony Jones at the Athletic. Tony was on the radio the other day talking about how Toppin had a, I think he said last month, six weeks, whatever. Yeah. And he like sent me into this black hole of Obi Toppin research. I <laughs> saw But he's not wrong. (laughs) Like, Obi Toppin was really good. Yes. Was really, really good. (laughs) And the thing that I thought really stood out to me was he can consistently make the three at the NBA level. Yeah. And he's not just some freak of nature. He's, But is he ever a number one power forward or a number one center?
2: Yeah, I think he's got that within
0: his game. I think he can be that. I think that's the biggest question.
2: He needs development. He needs minutes. He needs development. But I think he could be that guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Ryan Scandura says he'd be willing to give up six picks, Grime, Fournier, and McBride. Hell no. I'm not doing that. Nah. I am not. It's too much, dude. I am not doing it's too that. too much. Uh, top Junkie says five picks, Grimes, and McBride. Man. Guy, that's feels, seven dude, assets. It
2: feels like McBride is expendable for most Knicks fans. And, and I kind of get that. Um, but Man. six picks, that's heavy, bro. That's heavy.
0: That's a lot. Yeah, that's heavy. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Diaga, 97. Fournier, Reddish, and five picks. Well, that ain't getting you Donovan Mitchell. That's not getting you Donovan no, Mitchell. No, no. So, not. I think four picks and Grimes with a veteran to make the money work. That's how you get that deal done. That's how it gets done. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Welcome to Knicks Talk, presented by Monty in the morning. Well, there you go. You're oh. casual. There you go. Um, which is to say, let's switch and talk about the latest in Pac-12 contract negotiations with ESPN. <coughs> Here's a question for you. How much would it take to get Obi Toppin from the Knicks? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> How much would it take if you're a Pac-12 school? What would it take per year from your TV deal to get you to stay in the Pac-12? Because this is a big, important question. Uh, Stuart Mandel and others have published alleged numbers to show what ESPN is negotiating against itself to pay the Pac-12 to air their games. And the baseline number per school per year is $30 million per school per year. Now... That seems like a lot of money, only it's not very much money at all. When you consider that the Big Ten is getting $100 million per school. Dude. There's no way, if you are a Pac-12 institution right now, that you can stay in the Pac-12, Pac-10, for $30 million a year. And there is talk that the (laughs) Pac-10 wants to drive that number up closer to $40 million. To which I say, $40 million ain't even half enough money if I am Utah, Oregon, yeah. Washington, Stanford. If I am any of the remaining schools outside of Oregon State, $40 bucks a year would probably be unbelievable. But if I'm Arizona State, if I'm Arizona basketball, 40 million bucks a year isn't even a a starting point Mm -hmm. for per year value from your TV contract. The question for me is, can ESPN save the Pac-12? And the only way that ESPN is in position to save the Pac-12 is if ESPN Plus is involved in every game streams in the ESPN app. And that deal is much more in the $60 Sixty to seventy million dollar per school per year range, than the thirty to forty million dollar range. Yeah, because it's sixty to seventy million dollars a year. Jake, I think you're saying to yourself, "Man, do I really want to pack up all of Grandma's fine china and put it in boxes and move to Poughkeepsie? Do you really want to move conferences? Obviously not. Well, at thirty million dollars a year. Yeah. Where? By the way, can can I get some of those? wardrobe boxes for my shirts <laughs> like yeah at 40 million bucks a year bring the moving boxes bring some tape and let's pack this thing up because i'm out of here yeah Practice right, right. exactly right here. at 30 to 40 million bucks i'm out this place Six- is empty at 60 to 70 million dollars yeah well maybe you know nah, we can hang out here i know that the windows need to be replaced and stuff but we can hang out here i'm willing to stay in the pack 12 it's $60, million, 60 to $70 million. If you add San Diego State, now I'm really willing to be here for 60 to $70 million. Right. But I'm telling you, the only way that this deal at 60 to $70 million makes sense is if every Pac-12 game is streamed on ESPN+. That's the only way it makes sense. Because everybody else around the country has every game available for consumption on a phone. cold bloody, clean, and thorough. where we're going. And this deal that the Pac-10 is negotiating now, here's my biggest problem with it. It's not a couple of seasons. It's a decade. Yeah. You're looking at a 10-year TV rights deal. If you are not streaming those games, I don't, Jake, I don't see how on earth... You can possibly think that that's enough.
2: Yeah, well, here's the problem. The teams that like there's a handful of teams that have the opportunity to or probably will have the opportunity to get to like the Big 12 or another conference, which is obviously the Utah's, the Oregon's and the Washington's of the world. Those three schools particularly have an opportunity. Obviously, the Arizona schools, you know, but they're they're less valuable than those three. And I think the thing for me when I look at this whole situation is, if you're a Utah, Oregon, or a Washington, you're not even humoring this deal. No, you're 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 saying, hey, we need to get the hell out of here. Like we're not we're not going to be here for thirty million or forty million a year. And even if it was sixty million a year, we're still that we're not thrilled with that, you know. But it, that's a nice backup plan. But I think the problem is, is if you're a, you know a, a, a Cal, let's say, or a Stanford, let's say. You're you don't have a choice, like like you're you're. So what are you gonna do? Because you're not going to the Big Twelve. You're no. gonna go to the Mountain West if the conference dissolves. Like that's so so. To me, can ESPN save the Pac-10 at this point? Yeah, I think on some level, sure, it can help it exist. But I don't think the Pac-10 or the Pac-8 or whatever it turns into is a Power Five conference anymore. I think it's just a conference that exists it's it is the mountain west it is you know whatever conference you want to point to like the conferences that are going to be you know college football playoff relevant are obviously the sec the big 10 and the big 12. those three and if clemson decides to be good on any given year then sure the acc that's that but that's why i say espn is not going to save the conference as it's currently constituted i think it's going to pay teams that are still there, that are potentially valuable assets to ESPN from a visibility standpoint.
0: I just don't know how you compete as a conference if you are at thirty million dollars a year. I, I, you're I'm not honest to goodness. You're I, not. I, I mean, you're you're just not at a at a place where thirty million dollars a year. Buys you new seats at the Memorial Stadium. At Cal what does that do or, for I, anybody? I, I, it, like it doesn't. It's you need. You would have to have some massive endowment. You would have to have some massive fan base. Like I don't know how you close that span. And this is why I say when we're talking about Big Twelve versus Pac twelve, and I and I think this is one of those things where we talk about hey, who survives the Big Twelve or the Pac twelve? The and everybody wants to talk about hey, the Big Twelve doesn't have the TV viewership that the Pac twelve has. Totally agree with that. But it doesn't matter how many people watch it. Matters how much money you're getting in your TV deal, and that's why I say like this: this thing where Notre Dame would remain independent, but they would do a TV deal with the Big Twelve and Notre Dame at NBC that puts every Big Twelve game on the Peacock and and on the cock. Um, <laughs> too much. Uh, who the
2: hell names their their platform Peacock?
0: Well, the, it's the history of NBC, you dude. Who the
2: hell does that, bro? Come on anytime anyway, if you
0: stream every game on the cock and you're able yes, to put
1: you did yes
0: you, you know, did and you're able to put big 12 football on NBC and TNT and every other or excuse me USA and every other NBC owned channel and the Peacock app yes 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 that's a deal that makes sense and oh by the way you're teamed up with Notre Dame and now Notre Dame and in the Big 12 have a scheduling agreement to like that's a win-win. Yeah. That's a that's a TV deal. Yes. When you're at ESPN and you're getting thirty million dollars a year, and ESPN's getting a million do- a million viewers every single week for Pac-12 After Dark, you're in trouble.
2: But do you see what I mean? How that deal benefits ESPN? They're still getting the views. They they don't care about. I mean, it's probably harsh to say they don't care about the Pac-10 or how ma- how many of our teams are in that deal. But my point is, is that that deal doesn't really benefit. Pac-12 schools if you will like at all like it brings them money But not a lot of money, but it benefits ESPN a whole hell of a lot Like no matter what you think of the Pac-12 right now a million views a game is pretty damn good And that's why I'm saying for ESPN. It's just a simple business decision It's not like hey, we're we're on a mission to save the Pac-12 and we're emotional about it No, they want their million views a game they want to make their money, and they want to do what ESPN does, which is bring money into the company. That's what they do. So that's why I say the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-8, whatever it is, ESPN's not saving anybody. ESPN is seeing an opportunity, and they're trying to capitalize on that opportunity. And I say more power to you, man. But if you're Utah, Oregon, Washington... You got to get the hell out and you got to get to uh, the pack or the big 12 in my opinion. That's yeah. where you need to go.
0: Well and, and I think when you look at this situation with the ESPN ESPN plus and the ESPN app, that's a TV deal. Yeah and I, I cannot stress this enough. And if you don't if you don't follow John Canzano, um on his website, he does a, a radio show across the Northwest um, as well. like if you don't follow John, I think he is the preeminent. I don't even know of another. John Wilner's very good at the, the Barrier News Group as well. Those two guys, I don't know that there's another Pac-12 insider that yeah. that is even in the ballpark. I mean, it, those two guys routinely have the news first. They're elite. And if their numbers are correct, that, that that ESPN, because the situation, if you don't know it, the Pac-12 right now is in a an exclusive negotiating window with ESPN and Fox on a 10-year TV deal that expires on August 4th, that negotiating window expires on August 4th. So they have until August 4th to negotiate exclusively with ESPN and Fox. And if you are ESPN, I don't see how it makes sense to negotiate against yourself. Mm -hmm. But what leverage does the PAC 12 have at this moment? You're losing Southern California, which by far is their largest TV market, Yeah, by far. So if you are the Big Ten, you're thrilled to be getting UCLA and USC and the Los Angeles TV market. Yeah. That's great. But if you, if you're ESPN, how excited are you to go over $35, $40 million a year when you're not getting Los Angeles in that TV deal? And I just, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for ESPN to bid against themselves when you're not getting Los Angeles. That's the real tricky part of this. Does Oregon and Washington make up for that? It doesn't in my opinion. Yeah, But that doesn't mean that the Pac-12 is not a viable TV partner.
2: Can you get a million views on San Diego State?
0: San Diego State, I I think, is a really interesting part of this conversation because I actually do think that San Diego State is in demand around college football. If you read the tea leaves, you you hear a lot of people wanting to talk to San Diego State. And the, the other thing that I think we need to say here If you are a Big 12 or Pac-12 school and you are not talking to other suitors, you're doing this the wrong way. Mm -hmm. If every school in the Pac-12 has not had a conversation with the Big 12, you're doing this the wrong way. If you are a a, a Big 12 school and you have not talked to the Pac-12 conference, you're doing this the wrong way. If you are the Pac-12 and you are not negotiating with ESPN and Fox and... Peacock and every other streaming service in the world, you're doing this the wrong way. Yeah. But there's also an unspoken truth that needs to be said. The Pac-12 right now today is headed for a dumpster fire. They are headed for death. The Pac-12 is on a current trajectory to not exist anymore. Final. And and like we said yesterday, YouTube TV doesn't fix that. ESPN, ESPN app ESPN Plus and ESPN Radio and ESPN You and ESPN2 and ESPN Your Mom fixes that. Yeah. The ABC ESPN family of networks and assets fixes the Pac-12's you know. problem. Here's the other unspoken truth in college football especially on college television. Fox Sports ain't it, bro. Yeah. Fox Sports I, I I would venture a guess that most of you watching this show today don't know what the Fox Sports streaming app is called. Y'all feel me? I don't know what it's called. Fox Sports Go. I don't know that most people know what that is. And what I'm telling you is Fox Sports on its own ain't it, bro. You're not that guy, pal, Fox Sports. You're yeah. just not. Yep. ESPN is that guy. Yeah. You don't like ESPN? Okay, well then go and die a long, slow death in the Pac-10. Because if you do this deal exclusively with Fox, there's no deal to do. Pack your shit, let's go. There's one deal to do. It's with ESPN and the ESPN family and networks. And if you wanna survive, that's the deal you do. Because with all due respect, Fox Sports doesn't have the carriage and doesn't have the, the, you know, what's called in the business, the echo that ESPN has. I'm gonna say this again. Because ESPN TV can promote ESPN2, can promote ESPN app plus, radio, website, ESPN.com, like, it carries across. I want you to listen to me. They're the preeminent brand in sports. Yep. There's a reason they're called the worldwide leader in sports.
2: Because they are.
0: And that's the God's honest truth. As much as that hurts, that's the God's honest truth. Greg Hawkins, good morning to you. From an athletic standpoint, the Big 12 would be a (coughs) lateral move for schools like Utah and Colorado. For schools like Oregon, it would be a step down they would bolt no matter what. I totally disagree with that. I think where the Big 12 is now, they're in a much better position, history-wise, prestige-wise. Like, I, I I look at basketball, the Pac-12 is no longer a basketball conference. Yeah, It's not, because UCLA, even though they've had a better, decent run here, UCLA has struggled for a long time now. UCLA is finally on the rise basketball-wise. And and the other thing is, and I don't want to go too far without mentioning this, UCLA is in a real bad spot with the state of California (laughs) because Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is not just going to let them walk away unscathed. UCLA didn't tell anybody, UCLA, which is the University of California at Los Angeles, the, the UC system, they forgot to tell somebody in, I don't know, California that they were walking away. The ink isn't dry yet. And now people want answers. So UCLA is all of a sudden become an awkward dance partner for the Big Ten. Yeah. So keep an eye on that. But my point is, UCLA is not a football program. Nobody gives a damn about Chip Kelly. Yeah. Outside of, uh, you know, the Pac-12, nobody cares about Chip Kelly. Anybody know who else is on the UCLA football team besides DTR? Uh, uh, Honest to goodness, there is zero in football. Basketball, John Wooden is a living legend. Whether and he will always be in eternity a living legend. That name is power in basketball. Yeah, right. So Arizona, that's a basketball program. UCLA, that's a basketball program. You look at the the, the conference. Is Stanford still a basketball school? Not really. The, who in the Pac-12 carries? But wait, Stanford's carries? a football school, right? Not really. I mean, Stanford is Stanford is valuable. Don't get me wrong. That's a tiny fan base. Yeah, It's a tiny fan base. I think people view Stanford as some huge university. It's a tiny fan base. My point is, you have a couple of basketball schools in the, the big, or in the Pac-10. In the Big 12, that's a massive basketball conference. You're already a better basketball conference than the Pac-10 is coming in, right? You're already. And by the way, Now you're not going to have UCLA as a basketball program in that conference. Yep. So now you take UCLA away, you're a one-man band. You're Arizona basketball. You're not attractive as a basketball conference. Sorry, that's the reality of it. So when I look at the Big 12, that's a better basketball conference. When I look at the Big 12 as a football property, here's the thing that nobody in the Pac-12 wants to talk about. BYU changes the game in the Big Twelve for football. For Reach yep. for TV. Facts. Cincinnati changes the game for Reach for TV. Facts. For for quality of football. Yep. Houston gives you just another piece of the Texas pie. Right? But you know the other team that the Big Twelve should be all in on? Fucking SMU. Go get Dallas Tech. Dallas, Texas. Dallas. Oh. Dallas. Right? Go get SMU. If I'm the Pac 12. I'm all in on SMU. I want Dallas. Give me Dallas, baby. I need Dallas. If I am the Pac-12, I need SMU and San Diego State. What would I do without you? Secure me SoCal and give me a piece of Dallas. Yeah. That makes all the sense in the world for the Pac-12 because the Dallas TV market is not small and SMU is coming back. Yeah. But then again, if I'm the Pac-12, here's and this is Greg Hawkins in, in terms of your conversation here, what do you have if you're the Pac-10 to go to a Big 12 school? Ask yourself this question. If you're the Pac-10 right now, and that's what you are, your 10 teams. If you're the Pac-10 right now, how do you go to Cincinnati? Change your mind. Come to us. Like everybody, you know, talking about, well, we're going to go to BYU. How are you going to get BYU to come out of the, the Big 12 now that you thumb your nose at them for a decade? Hey, guys. How is that going to work? It's not. How are you going to go to Oklahoma State and say, hey, man, Stillwater's beautiful this time of year. Because the Pac twelve doesn't have any leg to stand on. Oklahoma State's not coming to the Pac twelve. Yeah. They're not it, it's not gonna happen. Do you think Kansas basketball is coming to the Pac twelve? Um that's not happening. The, the the reality is what's the likely outcome? If if we're just truth telling, yeah. Oh, but we get more viewers in the Pac twelve and we're research institutions. Uh well, you're also about to die. Yeah. The reality is the Pac twelve is going away. The reality is that conference isn't going to exist in its current incarnation. The reality is it's been downhill for the last decade. Yep. That's the reality. That's the reality of it. Yeah. The And the most ardent supporter of the Pac-12, tell me that, that the likely reality is that you don't lose a bunch because you're going to. biggest gonna. kick in the balls you'll ever get. You're going to. The Big 12 doesn't have to do anything. But the problem is you have to, you have to fortify your flanks now because you are vulnerable. Yeah. That's the reality, the reality of the Pac-12 is you're probably dying. The reality of the Big 12 is you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable cuz if you were to lose Kansas, you're you're in real trouble. If yeah. you were to lose Oklahoma State, well just pack that shit up now. Excuse my French. Pack this thing up. Right? Right, I mean, just pack it. You lose Oklahoma State in the in the booster base and the money. Why
2: why don't we just bundle everybody into the SEC? How about that? How about how about we just
0: make the USA Conference and we'll play the whole country in one conference? How about that? You know, Uh, KL8N says Clayton says uh, college football. Yawn. Say something basketball related. Well, well, I I got news for you. You're pretty rare in that view.
2: College football is not yawn. Everybody loves college football. I'm just. Sorry, man. Yeah. They do.
0: Greg Hawkins says football brings in more than all other sports combined. I would yeah, agree.
2: Yeah, like it's not even close. Uh,
0: Greg says college basketball barely moves the needle when it comes to conference revenue. But the tournament on CBS moves the needle and selling shirts and merch. It's Basketball is not the starter, but it's the finisher. Yeah. Basketball will quite nicely cap off your budget. Kansas is only in business because they play basketball
2: and they play better than you.
0: And yes, they have a football program. I think, but they play basketball. Like you want to talk about irrelevant. How how would you feel about being Iowa State today? How would you feel about being Kansas State today? Nobody's talking about you. Like you're a small school that that is kind of irrelevant at this point. Yeah. You know, like it it is one of those things where you're not relevant. You don't have leverage and it makes it very difficult for you to operate.
2: And that's what I'm saying. I think there's there's definitely two sets of schools. You have the haves and the have nots as the saying goes. You, know, you have the schools that are relevant that everybody knows that are constantly in the cycle every single year that have some leverage. And then you have the Iowa states of the world that nobody gives a damn about until the tournament comes around and you're uh, a bracket buster. You know what I mean? Like, that's
0: that, like, so, if you're one of those schools, you're along for the ride until you have to make a decision. My guess is Oregon and Washington end up in the big ten. My guess is is that the rest of the conference, I think, I mean, because if you lose Oregon and Washington, who are your real valuable commodities? Well, certainly, Utah becomes a crown jewel uh, of what's left of that conference, of the eight teams left in that conference. I don't know what to make of Arizona state right now. I don't. But I think Arizona, Arizona State are very valuable. I mean, Colorado, everybody keeps talking about Colorado. Colorado, it's got Big 12 history, but that's a Mountain West school if I've ever seen one, just athletically speaking. I mean, I I don't, and maybe I'm being disrespectful. I don't mean to be. But is Colorado moving anybody's needle? They're not. So if you're the Pac-10 right now, there's a lot of decisions to be made that need to be made very quickly because 30 million bucks a year ain't it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And I agree with Greg. College basketball barely moves, and you know, but hey, man, people care. A couple more, and then we got to get to the non sports stories of the day. Uh, going to better conferences, nice, but also can destroy a program. Look at West Virginia moving to the Big 12. They were in a bull every year and then went to crap. Yeah. That's a tough travel package, man. Yeah. Uh, Eric C says college football is cool. Barely got into it last year because of the Monty Clan. Appreciate you, San Diego State.
2: San Diego.
0: Yeah, the whale's vagina is relevant. Um, Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles, says, Kay, are you saying a winning team program like the U and the guaranteed Holy War football rivalry isn't worth the Big 12? What are you smoking? Yeah,
2: I think, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're Utah, it's a Big 12 or bust. Like, I think you're going, you,
0: you need that. K. nurin said uh, the Big 12 is going to take Oregon, Washington, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, and Arizona. Utah doesn't make the cut. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you, you're, Utah, you're just makes hating, dude. Yeah. Utah makes the cut. Utah yeah. makes the cut. There's no doubt. Roughs official says BYU fans think the Big 12 makes them big time. They are not top 10 potential. They never will be. Well, I would encourage you, Ruffs official. I'd encourage you to probably watch football or college football or basketball sometime. That's what I would say. Uh, the Black T Show is usually right, guys. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Hey, man, we have a uh, brand, okay? The
0: Big 12 taking Notre Dame, LOL. Well, I don't think the Big 12 is taking Notre Dame anywhere. I think Notre Dame is an absolute beast of a TV partner for the Big 12. There, There is no indication that Notre Dame is going to leave independence, none. But that also does not mean that they can't do an NBC TV deal with the Big 12. I mean, the, Notre Dame is not joining the Big 12. No. If they were going to join a conference, it would be the Big 10 and only the Big 10. Mm-hmm. So my my point is, if you're the Big 12, partner up with Notre Dame and do an NBC deal. That's what I would do. If, if you're really gangster, go to ESPN. Force force a Pac-12 merger. Make ESPN leverage the Pac-12 into joining the Big 12. Right. Merge, make a super conference, and let's all go about our business. Because I don't think there's anybody who argues that if you had those conferences merge, the bottom half would be trash. There's no doubt about that. Top half of that conference is. For real. You'd be making money. That. that, I'm the best there is. To me, that's $75 to $100 million a year in TV. I I don't see how it's not. Yeah. And if I'm ESPN, I want that on my network. So
2: I'm saying it all just comes down to revenue. Ultimately, like no matter how you feel about the matchups, holy war, no holy war, like, you know, Pac 12, Big 12, like it doesn't really matter. What matters is, you know, profit and loss statements. Like, are these schools. Making money and and being productive. That's what matters.
0: Uh, Greg Hawkins says, maybe if Utah joins the Big 12, we will finally have a basketball program again. Well, Utah's nature. The running Rebels or the running Utes got to get going again. I mean, God, the Larry Kruskoviak era came to a just a screeching halt. Yeah. You know, like it is just, man. Uh, Mason Gale, went. how soon will we get an announcement on the next pin to drop in college football? Not soon enough. Not sooner. College
2: football, the NBA, we're just waiting.
0: Real quick, I want to talk about this Kyler Murray contract thing. Yeah. Kyler Murray got the second largest average annual value in the NFL, and they're forcing him to have to study because Kyler Murray says he doesn't need to watch tape because he has a natural ability to see what's happening on the field. (laughs) Kyler. Bro, you're three feet tall, first of all. (laughs) Second of all, I don't know a quarterback and and again not to tell you this every day but I've I've worked in football a long time. I have never seen a quarterback not watch film and be, do well. Jamarcus Russell comes to mind. <laughs> like like I know quarterbacks in the NFL who have flamed out. Like the infamous Josh Rosen story. Josh Rosen didn't bring his iPad home. Never used to bring it home until they figured out he was leaving it in his locker. And they had to force him to take his iPad home. Like, that's you not being ready to play football in the NFL. That's you. And Kyler Murray just got the second-richest quarterback deal ever. And he doesn't want to watch tape because little guy sees what's happening on the field. That's pretty much
1: self-explanatory.
0: Good job, Steve Kime. Really nice. This contract is a disaster. Y'all feel me? If you've got to ask your guy to study it's a
2: disaster. You paid this guy after he clearly was unprepared
0: to play the the Rams. It's a disaster. But the the new helmets in the NFL are not a disaster now. And we were going to talk about Lamar Jackson and some other stuff. We're not going to, we're not going to, because what we are going to do is we're going to talk about these helmets real quick. And then Mrs. Mati's fine ass is going to come in here. Right. She looks really good today, by the way. Um, Okay. I still think the new alternate helmets, the best one is the Bengals. Look at this, look at the Bengals helmet right here. I mean, look at that. Like are, are you kidding me with that helmet? Yeah, that's a beautiful helmet. Are bro. you kidding that's me? That's a beautiful helmet. Watch this hype video from the NFL real quick. Okay, what was your favorite helmet in that video?
2: Well, obviously the Bengals one is the most, you know, distinguishable. The Bengals one? The Cardinals, I think, though, I think have the best one. What about the
0: Atlanta Falcons helmet?
2: Yeah, the, it, the Falcons helmet's really good. I like it a
0: lot. I, I just maintain the Cardinals have the best one. There's two in there that really stand out to me. The Dallas Cowboys with the blue star, that the white helmet with the blue star, always going to be clean. Yeah. But boy, howdy, I'm telling you, that Bengals. That it's bag hot. With the there's white no doubt, man. Blacks, you know, there's no doubt. Come on. It's hot, man. It's hot. I'm I need real. to see. I need to see three foot tall and doesn't study football in that helmet before I make this. I'm for real. I I do. Three feet tall and
2: doesn't study football yet he's a gazillionaire. Am I wrong? No. Tell me I'm wrong. 160 million dollars guaranteed. Tell me I'm <clears throat> wrong. 230 in incentives. That verticality.
0: I mean, that verticality. Yeah. Doesn't freaking watch tape. My biggest
2: problem. Listen, my biggest problem with Kyler Murray is he likes Kyler Murray too much, dude. Kyler Murray likes him some Kyler Murray, and that's where this this not wanting to watch tape thing comes from. Like, you think that you're like above it. You think that that you see things before they happen. Is that why you were unprepared for the rush against the Rams? Is that why you were un- unprepared to move your protection to handle Aaron Donald? Like, it just it, like this guy is going to make the Cardinals look like an idiot, I feel like. Greg Hawkins says the Cincinnati Zebras.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what that is. Mason Gale says, Unfortunately, these NFL teams are focused on pay mediocre quarterbacks since these quarterbacks don't grow on trees. And real quick about Lamar Jackson and Baltimore.
2: Baltimore.
0: Baltimore. Maryland. Maryland. I'm going to say this again. Uh, I think the Baltimore Ravens should not pay Lamar Jackson. Why? Because again, I just will simply say he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL and he can't stand in the pocket and throw the football to win a Super Bowl. And at this level, say it with me because I say it I feel like all the time. If your quarterback can't stand in the pocket, Kyler Murray, and deliver the football, you suck. Your team's dead in the water. So how am I going to pay Lamar Jackson all that money? How am I going to pay Kyler Murray the second largest contract in the history of the NFL and he doesn't watch tape because. How dumb you know, do you think I am? Well, you know, I'm the guy that um, I just see things happen on the field. Okay, next question. Like that's who this guy is. That's who this guy is. It's brutal. So I'm just telling you, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And that's who Mrs. Monty is. Wow. Perfect wow. Perfect camera Holy shot today. Holy cow. Perfect camera Holy shot today. Holy cow. Hey. Hey. Good to see you. Oh, she probably ta- uh, turn up your mic. Yeah. Here. Here maybe
3: he sees dead people too.
0: Whoa. You know. Okay. Here we go. I mean, maybe he has go.
3: extra talents, and that's how he knows what's going to happen. The play is already dead, and he sees it. Okay. I'm a
0: man. So, by the way, speaking of dead people, one. by the way, speaking of dead people, let's talk about Chipotle. Right. Um. So I think we all recognize that Chipotle. I was reading an article this morning because Chipotle is going to accept crypto. <laughs>
3: God damn Why? to pay
0: for guacamole uh-huh
3: right well
0: now as i was reading through this i was reminded that they navarro syndrome or whatever the hell no- nova virus Noravi- same thing <laughs>
3: navarro syndrome
2: <laughs>
0: hey man it's i watch make you poop i watch ozarks water okay? yeah <laughs> i was reminded that uh what is it? Nova virus or
3: norovirus. <laughs> Same fucking
0: thing. Norovirus. You can get
3: it on a cruise ship, or you can get it at Chipotle. Yeah,
0: and it is. It was spelled out this norovirus thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It causes explosive diarrhea.
3: Yes. Diarrhea.
0: It, it, I said explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Yes. Okay. They they Scott Did you know that the federal government sued Chipotle and they got twenty five million dollars from them because they gave you explosive diarrhea can you I can only lead the horse to the pooper oh sorry thank um, you that, okay. okay wait wait, wait. You uh, yeah run it back yeah. sorry sorry did you okay. know the federal government sued Chipotle and got 25 million dollars from them because they gave people diarrhea. I mean that's how much it costs to get diarrhea these days diarrhea. thank you so now Chipotle which by the way let's let's discuss yeah okay is Chipotle good yes yeah
3: and it is, but the bowls I made this week were better. So,
0: yeah, the bowel movement. <laughs> I, um, this I would is agree. a tasty burger. So, the only fast food that we usually eat is Chipotle. Right. Right. But, right. Mrs. Right. Monty, right. this week made rice in the pressure cooker. or the <laughs> In the pressure cooker, or whatever you call <laughs> it, the quick pot, Instapot. Instapot. Um, with black beans, pinto beans, and fajita vegetables that we got at Harmons, Chopped up, pan-fried, everything's good. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we added ground turkey to it. Me and Jake did, because we're carnivore carnivorous, you know, butt siphons. And it what was do so- you bet? That's all that came to mind. So we added the, the, the meat to it. It was actually really good. Really good. It was actually really good. Really good. Yep. Not better than Chipotle. Wow. Because Chipotle... You know they have their queso sauce and whatnot, but is Chipotle good food? What do you like, Mrs. Monty, about Chipotle?
3: I like that I can go there and I know that I'm getting something that's at least remotely healthy. I don't yes, get yes, yes. the queso. I don't get you know. Mine is really it's, it's rice, it's beans, it's you know lettuce or they're yeah. like all the no kale fun mix, stuff like veggies. We get it. Yeah, yeah, it's but it's healthy. I mean, it's better than. Where else am I going to get something that's that healthy?
0: JCW's.
3: Butthole. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it, I don't think the so. The Burger Boys, you know? Well, I will say we went to uh, the Habit the other day at the district and yeah. had their uh, Impossible Bom. Burger. That was really good. It yeah. was good. But we also had French fries, which is not good. But I, I think, listen, Chipotle's really good food, it's yeah. healthy food. But I've always said, it may, I, I worry about the quality of the food. Mm hmm. I do. I think it's it, it. They Multiple people have gotten sick eating at Chipotle. They settled for twenty five million. I mean, your your butts on on like full blast when you eat at Chipotle. Well, mine's not. I mean, I am a I am a log creating machine. But the point is <laughs> that there are certain people who are on lock with their loose bowels when you eat there. Right. Would you ever pay for fast food in crypto?
2: No, no. Nope.
3: No, nope. but I, I don't good. have any crypto to use. Yeah, we, I'm good. we did that one time, and then, um, you know, there was a it it didn't work. But oh. the problem, this is, I don't understand this. Yeah. So
0: you have Bitcoin that's at twenty four thousand right now, and it's you know over the last month it's vacillated,
2: vacillated,
0: you know, from nineteen to twenty four. Right. Hmm. But at what point does like when are we comfortable saying hey let's get back into crypto so we can buy guac from from chipotle you know because that's their big that's their like big promotion that they have come up like yeah hey we want you to use crypto to buy guac and you know get diarrhea and stuff right so what is the what is why are you looking quizzically
3: i don't know if that was their
0: promotion i believe that's their
3: it's it's okay is that
0: not in their marketing package you know i think it is Um, uh, anyway, my point is it's not. My point is, like, are we at a point in society where we're willing to get back into crypto now? Because I'm not. I'm not. No. I'm good. I'll pass. Uh, like it's I'm, just
2: not worth the risk, man. Uh, man. That
0: I agree with. I don't think that there is any logic in getting back into crypto. And if you're in the comments this morning, first of all, thank you for being here. Please give us a thumbs up. But how, are when is your where is your appetite for crypto? Cause I don't have any appetite at all for crypto. Like, I just don't know how you can feel good about it.
2: I mean, there's so many other things that you could put your money into that are, yeah, I, you know,
0: like I just don't have. I don't know, man. I don't have an appetite at all. Like I'm not curious about it. I'm not. I'm. I am. I am holding on my stocks. I just got another dividend from GE last night. Like I'm holding on my stocks, man. I feel good. My Yelp stock is way up. Like. Uh-huh yeah i feel good about my stocks i just don't know when people get into crypto again i i can't see doing it. i
3: just i just i don't know i don't see it as a a good investment i don't see it i don't see it as a good investment for companies to start taking it as payment again like I just, how'd that
2: work out for tesla
3: i just find that wild like it's an investment so can i can i get you know a a, a, a burrito for part of a, an Amazon stock, you know, like it's the same thing. Yeah. It's a yeah. stock that you're using. It's an investment you're using to purchase something. I don't know. Greg um, Hawkins says, I've,
0: I've old had Chipotle. I've only had Chipotle one time, unfortunately. Oh, dude.
2: It's bomb, man. If
0: you ever decide to come back to the States, maybe we buy Greg- <laughs> Chipotle.
2: Yeah, we need to get you a ball, bro.
0: Like, when you're ready to die, because, you know, the things it Chances does. Chances are. Your inner, you know, okay. <laughs> hey, man. I'm not hating on it, Greg. We got to, mm-hmm. y- y- at some point. New York Jazz fan says, the bowls we made this week using the grill smoker for onions, peppers, uh, chicken. Were unbelievable. Ooh. Wife made her homemade pico de gallo. Even the kids tore them up. Yeah. The bowl you made, Mrs. Monty, Bomb. this week was... Bomb. It I was. Didn't
3: think about smoking the pepper, like the fajita veggie mix. That would be really good. Probably the beans as well. So.
0: I totally agree. Uh, NY jazz fan also says I eat at Chipotle regularly. I think it's good fat food, fast, healthy. If you want it to be, and I travel a lot for work, better than fast food for every meal. Eating when traveling can be rough. Oh man, that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah. I I totally agree with that. Kay Nuren says uh, Bitcoin is just laughable. Uh, just a big scam. It is. I kind of agree with that. Like, do you think Bitcoin? You're a blockchain expert, Mrs. Like, legitimately, you're a blockchain expert. Do you feel like Bitcoin's a scam?
3: I, I feel like it was. Yeah, it's it's not a scam. It's. I'm just, not trying to be cryptic. It was a really good effort to make a, a, a currency or you know a way to to trade that you. Could hide, you could protect, um, people got crazy about it. It really served the black market to start. And then, of course, rich people want to get richer. So then they start getting into it. I just don't think it's a wise investment for the average person. And I don't I just it's too risky.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a wise investment. We for lost five hundred
3: dollars. We lost five hundred dollars like in a minute. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, like, uh, and the last course.
3: time i did that was in baccarat but you know
0: <laughs> yeah but you were willing to lose it then i don't know i just think crypto's a scam yeah i really do yeah. I, I i don't i and if you if you're educated and you're into it hey man go get it go get it like i i just think i don't think people are
2: like awful humans for trying to get into it and win with it no. i mean you know how are you going to blame someone for trying to win with no. something but i just think it's It's not worth the risk for your average American. It's just not.
3: It's way too difficult. Yeah. All you have to do is lose that key and then you're done. Yeah. There's no way to ever get it back. Millions of dollars have been lost.
0: Oh, billions. It's billions of dollars to lost crypto keys. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, JC destroys ankles says, uh, I've had Chipotle because my work bought it for lunch. Long bathroom breaks followed thereafter. Aww. Wow. Wow! Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I broke down and tried Cafe Rio again last night. Why do I do this to myself? Soggy tortillas and diarrhea. Oh, diarrhea.
1: bro. Aww.
0: I'm telling you, Wait. Cafe Rio is extremely guilty of the soggy tortilla, bro. But I love Cafe Rio. I do Rio. love Cafe Rio. Three yeah. tacos, chicken, shredded lettuce, chicken. Shredded yeah, chicken, not chicken, grilled, shredded. Pico and lettuce. With a side of black beans and pinto beans and a little bit of rice, you won't be full. You won't be hungry for the rest of the day. Yeah. Sorry if you if you have a leaky exit. Uh, Kenai Johnson uh. says Bitcoin was made to go against the value of the dollar. I'll just screw with that. The Nye guy says uh, Italian Village will give you enough diarrhea to make you look like a crypt keeper. What's Italian? Where is village? the Italian? No. What's Italian Village? And let's make sure we never go there. I don't. Know. Are, like, is that real? Look, man. I. We should. I'm just telling you. Jersey Mike's, Cafe Rio, Chipotle. JCW's, not Chipotle. Five guys. Like there's some places we should just stick and stay. <sighs> you know. Uh, JC destroys ankle. Says Costa Vita greater than uh Cafe Rio. Well,
2: hot take, but I think there's an argument to be made. No, get
0: out of it. Dude, Cafe Rio is the best. No. I not. love Cafe Rio. It's not the best. Oh, it's not it, The best. It's better I- than Chipotle. <laughs> It's better than, like, it's I have a different
3: h- than Chipotle,
0: but better. No,
3: you know what? I have a problem but with better. is any place that is going to make a burrito that can't actually make a burrito. And yes. Cafe Rio 100% does not
2: guilty. make burritos. Guilty.
0: That's I, guilty. Just, I, I, well, they put them in the pan and, and they, they're they, guilty, bro. But it's
3: not really like all it is is like a giant enchilada. They yeah. just roll it up and leave it there, weak. Cafe Rio's presentation
2: is sloppy. That's Jeremy, what they're thinking. Jeremy
0: Bolton is. says, better chance of getting leaky gut. Cafe Rio or a coli burger at Jack in the Box. Why bring oh, up Jack yeah. in the Box? Why? I about my tacos. Why, Jeremy Bolton? Damn it. Bolton, I'm telling you, and I know you're Mr. Oh, six-pack abs doing a car- cargo net obstacle. Congratulations, like I, <laughs> but that's bullshit. I know. <laughs> you're, you lo- you're, you're that guy. Oh, Ragnar, bitches. Like, I get it. I get it. Are people miring? But I'm dragging you to a Jack in the Box when it opens. And if I have to, if I have to like zip tie your legs to a chair at, at Jack in the Box and force you to eat a mini, mini taco box, I'm doing that. And as you can see, there's not much hope for you left. I feel like this turned criminal. Anyway, I was kidding. That wasn't a threat. I was Okay. Um, so let's <laughs> okay. see. Um, anyway, Ken Williams says best Mexican food is in my kitchen. Yeah. Hell Agreed. Yeah. Okay, Arturo. Or Red, red Iguana. Ar, yes. Mm. Arturo Gravino says, did I miss Nick's rumors? Yeah, go back to the beginning yeah. of the show. Yeah,
2: we've been, we've been live for like two hours, man. Come
0: on. Drew's Network says, Ellen, get steak or brisket when I go to Chipotle. Oh, steak is so good. <laughs> yes, it is. But I don't eat much steak at all. Uh, Darren Croppo says, Italian Village, the pride of Murray. Italian food? yeah how have we never how do we not know Italian where modes? is the Italian I love Italian foods. uh the big magamba says Jersey Mike's meat is too sweaty listen a number uh, seven whoa, what? whoa bro whoa. bro you just said Jersey Mike's meat is too, is too sweaty? sweaty I didn't mean a guy named Mike from Jersey I meant the sandwich shop oh, but like, like settle what do you get what? at Jersey Mike's? What? What do you get at Jersey Mike's? I
3: get the veg the vegetable sandwich, the fourteen, the number fourteen. But I'm still like I'm disturbed by you saying it's sweaty, sweaty. Where it's in a cooler. Now,
0: what do you mean sweaty? sweaty? Yeah, that's meat. Sweaty? that's kind of weird. Sweaty meat, meat is sweats? troubling.
3: Are you getting I, meat sweats? That's I, too much meat. You got to cut back on that meat then.
1: Oh
0: wow, every day. Uh, anyway, the point is uh, number seven: extra turkey with um. I don't get it Mike's way. I just get the vinegar, yeah. lettuce, tomato, extra onion, pickles. Gotta have the pickles. Jersey Mike. Jersey Mike's or Subway? Jersey Mike's all day. It's, it's not like, even you close. Know what else all that, day.
3: The Jersey Mike's does really well. I don't know how they do it, but they have like really good staff. The yeah. Jersey Mike's near us, like dynamic, happy, yes. like interpersonal. Having fun is the name of the game. Uh, it is. Linnea is our girl. And then, you know, like, it, it, you just, you have really good staff, yeah. so you must have good culture to keep those, yeah. those people. What um, are you dying about? Fat Jesus
0: says, Mrs. Monty does not like a limp, leaky burrito. Got no. It. <laughs> well played. It's 100% true. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, Costa Vita is definitely better than Cafe Rio. No, it's not, Teddy Wayman. Well drop you, that motherfucker. like, sure.
3: you barely tried Costa Vita, so stop. I've had
0: we well we were in Evanston over the weekend um, we didn't go
3: no we didn't no no no
0: no no anyway no um the big Mugamba says they're making those animals nervous stick with Jimmy John's I'm not a Jimmy John's guy jeremy says i only have 37 spartan stickers on my car okay well 37's acceptable do you have the 16.2 sticker on your car no 26.2 26.2 Dang. whatever that
2: is whatever it is dude god. i don't know the distances i'm not a runner Run. like god like what,
3: what do you want me to do god can oh, you hear me oh
0: boy hey god is this thing on god
3: <clears throat> there's no god so just give up oh <laughs> Anyways. damn anyway damn hey guys I'm just saying. I just I speak Stooge.
0: Jesus. God, if nope. you can if you can hear me. <laughs> peel the stickers off of Jeremy's car now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs>
3: Jeremy, you go. Oh, you go.
0: Greg Hawkins says Jimmy John's is mid. What does you, that mean? You know
3: what though? I've had some good Jimmy Johns sandwiches. And the thing,
0: and is, they are fast at delivering. They
3: are freaky fast, yeah. But yes. they kill rhinos
2: in the Sahara, so I'm not going there.
3: When when yeah. I was uh, at Amex, you know, a few years back, that was the one place I could order lunch, and that would be there fast, and it was it was good. So you know, I mean,
0: wow. Listen to this. What. JC Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles. My wife and I were fooled by online reviews to Italian Village. Oh, God. When the waitress is warning you not to order certain menu items, (gasps) you should run. (laughs) Wow. Bro. What was that place we went to downtown in Trolley Square? I can't remember.
3: Oh, I can't remember the name of it. The really big Italian restaurant that
0: was not very good they were across the street from whole foods uh,
3: across from that water tower whole foods right yeah uh yeah
0: no it's not good anyways uh we need to remind you that uh we are giving away a trip for two um to see byu and notre dame play in the shamrock series at allegiant stadium in las vegas uh october 7th and 8th is the dates of the trip you get a trip for two which includes two nights hotel Two tickets to the game, $250 in a gas card to drive yourself to Las Vegas. And all you have to do is subscribe to this channel. Give us a thumbs up right now. If you're here, all 194 of you that are here today, please do give us a thumbs up and a like. It really does help the channel grow. And by the way, it is all brought to you by our good friend, Deffrey Davis at Academy Mortgage. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278 Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. And I tell you every day on this show, man, if you think you can't afford to buy a house, call Devery Davis, no matter where you're listening, no matter where you're watching, call Devery Davis today, 801-543-9666, and just ask him, Devery, can I afford to buy a house? There's a house down the street. I want to buy it. Can I afford the down payment? Yes, yes, yes. He'll give you solutions for your down payment. Hey, man, I'm not sure if my credit's good enough. Okay, well, let's get you a prequalification letter. Devery Davis will make you a cash buyer. Whether you have full cash in your bank account or not, Devery Davis will give you the power to go into a home and make an offer on the spot. That's the kind of leverage you get when you work with Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage and MLS number 278545. Devery Davis, Academy Mortgage an Equal Housing Lender. Call them today, 801-543-9666. Debbie Davis presents our BYU drive away to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock series at Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas on October 8th. There you have it. Woohoo! Big announcement on the show. Friday at eight mountain time, big changes, big news coming Friday eight mountain time. Don't miss it. Huge announcement on the show. Music is rolling. Mrs. Monti, any last words today? Somebody asked about your necklace. What's up with the necklace?
3: Oh, it's a Hawaiian necklace. We actually, there's a guy who makes them here, but I wasn't prepared or I would have had his
0: information. But, yeah. Wow, uh, that's great insight on your necklace.
3: Carved
0: Thanks. Three. Okay, we'll see you later. Yay! Goodbye. Protect your colon! Uh, there Goodbye. you go. Did you really just say protect your colon?
3: No one wants the explosive close Sionia. Sionia.
0: Wash your hands. Okay, Wash your wow. hands. Wow. <laughs> this show is out of control and that's why Jake's. We're blowing out right now. We're blowing out How? Say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.